0: This is the limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel
1: Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle Pentagon Jr. The villain, Marty The Mexican, Ray Phoenix. King, Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to
0: ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment. And bask
1: in the glory of the busted wide open. 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 Boston wide open. Busted wide open open podcast.
0: You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous, coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome everybody to BWO Live, coming to you from Twitch. My name is Nick Howell.
1: And still furious that in a show called Thunderdome, we did not see Hornswoggle come out on Brock Lesnar's (laughs) shoulders screaming Master Blaster, not even once. I am Sir Ian Dangerous and welcome to Busted Wide Open. That's right. Your resource for all of the graphs going on in the world today. That's right. We're going to talk today not about All Elite Wrestling because they moved that show from Wednesday to tonight, but we will be talking about NXT and Friday Night Smackdown over in the main roster of WWE, and that's because, Nick, we've got two big shows coming up this weekend. We actually have NXT's TakeOver 30 tonight, and then tomorrow is SummerSlam. Yep. Mm. Second biggest show of the year. For WWE. That's tomorrow. Good grief. What a weekend. We have to talk about the the go home shows for both of those, plus make our picks. That's a, it's a big show today, even without AEW. It's almost like they did us a favor.
0: Well, we swapped out AEW for two sets of pickums for two pay
1: per views. So it's That's what I said. Kind of a, well, that's what I, that's literally what I, I just I just said that. Okay. What are you why would you do that? Oh, what are you are you taking lessons from Pat McAfee here? Next?
0: I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to run the command center over here and I wasn't paying attention
1: ah <laughs> well why don't you get off the command center for a second and give us some housekeeping and then we can get into the show
0: absolutely guys thank you so much for joining us today on twitch uh, please uh, go and retweet share with your friends let everybody know we're here because we're here for the next couple hours <laughs> and then some <laughs> and then some Woo! Oh boy, um, make sure you come get into the Discord because that is where all the action is going to be tonight. You can find a link to that in the panel down below here on the stream. Uh, you can do exclamation Discord to get a link right here in the chat uh, to get you signed up. If you're not in there already, make sure you get into the Discord because tonight and tomorrow night for both shows, that's where all the action is going to be happening uh, over in our Discord. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast. Come find us over on Facebook and get into the Bust to wide open discussion group lots of good stuff happening in there as well uh, follow us or subscribe to us i should say over on youtube at youtube.com slash busted wide open where we do bwo daily have some new ideas for some new content coming very soon we have not abandoned youtube but we're just moving all the live stuff over here all the content is still coming to your eye holes over on youtube as well mm-hmm. uh, last but certainly not least patrons it is your time to shine It is that time Uh again. It is that quarterly time where we do the BWO Patron Pick'em's Challenge. This time for SummerSlam. And uh, Robbie R.B. the current defending reigning champion will be defending that championship for the first time since WrestleMania earlier Mm. this year at SummerSlam tomorrow. So here's what's going to go down Uh, after the show today. We've got the note or the uh, the pick'em sheet pretty well put together at this point. It's ready to go. We're holding out as long as we can for any last-minute surprises, but we're going to get that out to you this afternoon. We wanted to wait as long as we could so we didn't get surprised, but still give you guys about 24 hours to get your picks in. by we're still going to get p- we're going to get surprised. We'll we're going to get surprised.
1: surprised. Yeah, By five you, you we
0: won't see it coming either.
1: No, we won't. Be like the last minute thing. <laughs> right, exactly.
0: Um so uh, 5 p.m. Eastern cutoff tomorrow. Make sure you get your picks in. It'll be up on Patreon. I'll also post it in the Facebook group and Discord later once we get mm-hmm. done with the shows tonight. We're all watching Takeover 30. Um, And last but certainly not least, we are absolutely loving it on Twitch. I have to do a couple of shout-outs that happened offline. I'm actually going to replay them here. Uh, Corey J one forty eight subscribed with the tier one sub. Thank you, sir. Hey-o. uh, Josh Logan with the tw- uh, Twitch Prime sub. Thank you very Damn. much, sir. Thank you, brother. And uh, Jesse O'Connor cheered two hundred bits. Thank you very yeah. much. She Thank says you. she is ready, and I am ready. You guys oh, might yeah. also hear some new sound effects coming oh, in today. Oh. So if you're if you're listening to the audio podcast and you don't know what's going on, those <laughs> are tied to some certain things that happen over on Twitch, which means you should come join us at twitch.tv slash Open. Make sure you follow us. Get in on the fun with everybody else. It has been a blast so
1: far. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's all of it. Discord? I said Discord first. Yeah. Patreon? Patreon.
1: Check. Uh,
0: patreon.com slash BWO. You still got time. You can still get in on the pick'ems. It's, all you gotta be in is the $5 tier over at patreon.com slash BWO. Cash and prizes, mm. stuff and things. All kinds of good stuff. You're missing out.
1: Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yep. But that being said, Nick, I I think that was it. I think Discord, YouTube, Patreon. I think we did it all. I think it is time, Nick. I think let's get going. Let's talk about NXT.
0: Can I get on my soapbox first for a minute?
1: Did you ever get off of it?
0: I'm a little bit upset that they are doing what they're doing with Velveteen Dream right now.
1: You see, I was actually going to set up this segment by saying what happened before we started getting on the soapboxes here, but you okay? We let's had a- let's Finn attack Baller, this head on. I think we Finn Balor versus Velveteen Dream for a spot in the North American Championship ladder match tonight at Takeover Thirty uh, was the main event of NXT, and to 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 where I think you're going, Nick, Velveteen Dream has basically been brought back into the fold as though he just got into a car crash and needed a couple of weeks off to heal. Which is what the, the company line, as Triple H said, the reason he was on the fence for a while was – the reason that he was off TV for a while was because of a car crash. Not because he was accused by several people during the Speaking Out movement a couple of months ago. Uh, he was a few, accused by a few people of sending inappropriate uh, tweets or texts to, and communications with minors, uh, with with young, young boys, teenage boys. Um, I think the youngest one was 14 or 15. But still, too, too young, dude. Um, but uh, at, as of this point, no charges have been filed. Uh, the police apparently have been notified, according to one of the accusers. But they did nothing. Uh, WWE has not contacted them for legal reasons. And uh, they said they did an internal investigation and found nothing. So here, hey, here's a Velveteen Dream. And a lot of people are not satisfied with that explanation. Not a lot of people are not, they're not cool with him just being back on TV like nothing happened and WWE doing the bare minimum of an explanation and expecting everyone to just be like, hey, cool, it's Dream, he's back. Even though he's heel, which is, I think, a very safe thing to do to try to take off some of the heat and you know everyone gets their anger out on just booing him because he's booable now. Um, but Nick, what, what is your soapbox? Now, Velveteen Dream is back like nothing happened. What's what, is, what's what do you feel about this? What are you feeling about this? A
0: couple of months ago, uh, adjacent and in parallel to what happened with our hashtag speaking out movement in wrestling that, that we all are intimately familiar with, <laughs> uh, on the other side of the, of the entertainment industry, in the gaming community, they were having their own version of a sort of Me
1: Too movement, right? Beyond that, it was all and, over the place. The writing community, everywhere. Sure. Yeah.
0: I'm going to focus on the gaming one because there's some parallels here I'm going to draw. There is a very large organization, or I should say there was a very large organization known as Method Gaming that have been going for 15 years. They're one of the most successful esports organizations of all time. And over the last four or five years, had a guy who was doing things similar to what Velveteen Dream has allegedly uh, been accused of doing. And the executives believed him too over at Method Gaming when he denied it. Turns out he was actually doing it, and you know what's no longer around? Method, Method gaming. gaming, yeah. Because the the house of cards absolutely crumbled when one. So I'm not saying Velveteen Dream's guilty. I'm not saying WWE is not doing their diligence, but he should not be on TV. <laughs> you're, in, you're not
1: saying. You're just saying <laughs> he should
0: not be on TV until a proper full investigation is done by an independent thing not just vince mcmahon asking dream if he did it
1: right well we don't know that they had didn't do a whole full independent thing as you say nick we really don't know and that's the problem i think they we would us- if they did that's well my- we they didn't give us any details as to what what due diligence they did with dream they we'd have to take their word for it and they're and i agree in the sense nick they're gambling Big time. The story got picked up by Deadspin already, and it could get picked up by more mainstream media if their sponsors hear about it. We could have another uh, uh, fabulous moolah battle royale situation right. where they take action once they're once it hits them in their wallets. Uh, and if that's the case, it's going to, I mean, look bad for them as well. Th- that being said, they've you know they've they've survived things that looked bad for them before,
0: and people have and been fired for yeah. far lesser issues before.
1: Sure, So it's but people, I think, look at the upside of Dream and WWE, and again, they see money. This is all about money, and they think Dream can make them money, uh, enough money to make it worth their while. Jack Gallagher is not going to make you as much money as as Velveteen Dream, so they're going to take the chance on Dream. Here's the problem. If at some point the cops do pick this up, and it, it's going to be tough because some of the accusers are Canadian and the, the laws about texting minors are different across the border and it's, it's, it's having to you know, have multiple uh, police forces work together. So it's going to be a little tougher, but should this come back at some point, triple H now has his neck on the line where he said, no, we did our, our job. It's all good. That puts WWE on the line. They really, you've got some big people sticking their necks out here for this guy. So better be sure. Right. It's, it's like the old story about Haku (laughs) that Jake, the snake used to tell, right? You're in a tank 300 yards. You got him dead to rights, right? Nah, you get out of that thing, and you blow your brains out cuz if you just injure him, you're dead. So, that's kind of the situation I feel like here where I'm I'm not comfortable with him being back on TV yet either because I don't I agree with you. I don't feel like I got a good enough explanation about what they checked on. You know, like I've seen the uh, the alleged communication between him and this kid. Yep. Same. It was from his verified account. Yes, it can be photoshopped. Uh, they had a picture of him. Yes, he said it was stolen. Uh, they have his voice on, you know the kid got his voice talking to him. Yes, they, there's there's ways that they could uh, you know have, have faked that or whatever. But man, that's a hell of a lot of trouble to have gone through for I mean, multiple people by the way, of not just one kid, like a few different kids. Uh, that's a lot of trouble to go to. For this, Um, and again, innocent until proven guilty. I, you and I both really believe in Dream as a talent, so we definitely want this to all be faked and and you know just he's being falsely accused. We all want that, but that's a whole lot of smoke for there to be no fire. That's it's really damning stuff. The fact that Triple H has to
0: step up and do what put his neck out there like that.
1: But that's no. Here's the thing: like if it had just been. You know, like we had in Speaking Out where it's like, okay, we need to believe the accusers. That's one thing. But when they have all of this evidence and there's at no point has anybody from WWE or the police or Dream or anybody been like, this is how they did that. You know, they must have done this or that. Like, they're not saying, no one's coming out and saying Dream's like, Dream's not saying that's 100% fake. They, you know, they hacked my account or they, that's photoshopped or whatever. No one's saying how it happened they're just like, yeah, no, that's, it's, it's, nope, Dream's innocent. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to need a little bit more than that before I'm going to be happy to see him on my TV. And I think that's the way a lot of people feel. So what I was saying is, I think a lot of people subliminally subliminally feel about Velveteen Dream very similarly, where they just, they're not comfortable seeing him yet. And even if he's on TV as a heel, it's still not, that's not comfortable. So it's extra problematic when you have this brilliant match against Finn Balor, because this was a great match, and they both, I mean, Dream's a very talented guy, and he had a fantastic match against Finn Balor with lots of really good false finishes. I genuinely did not know who they were going to send to TakeOver, and then we had all the everyone else come out, as you do, right? You're having a big multi-man match at TakeOver. What do you do? Well, send everybody else out there. Cameron Grimes is going to come out and talk, sm- talk smack from the top of a ladder at them while they're having this match in the ring, and then... We're going to have uh, Damian Priest and Bronson Reed and everybody else. Get Johnny Gargano is going to come out and get in the ring and hold on to the North American Championship belt be like, hey, it's mine. <laughs> uh, then then Priest and Reed are going to beat up Gargano. And then it's <clears throat> just a big cluster. And then we're going to have a distraction. Timothy Thatcher is going to distract Finn Balor. He's going to lose. Tim- Balor is going to lose the match. And then we're going to have a big scuffle with everybody involved with Bronson Reed standing tall at the end, holding up the North American Championship belt. And also, we find out later we're going to get Timothy Thatcher versus Finn Balor at Takeover because they've had a little thing now for this whole. It, it, it's really been only two incidents. Incidents. Yeah. It was they were involved with each other in their first round of uh, of qualifier matches, and now again uh, in the second, Thatcher's apparently mad at Finn Balor. So we got two matches out of this, and we know that Dream is going to be in the North American Championship match. So not only is he back, but he's getting championship opportunities like that. So, it is a bit. It's it is definitely them doing their best to say everything's fine. You Nothing know, to don't see look. here.
0: Move it's along. The same,
1: it's the same trick they did with Matt Riddle, except that with Matt Riddle, you know, he was cheating on his wife, and with Dream, he's sending you know illicit pictures and and texts to underage boys. It's a completely different kettle of fish.
0: I have zero patience and tolerance. That that is. You know, there are there are levels of crimes that I react to differently and I mm-hmm. I super react to that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's I, not... I, yeah. Mm.
1: No bueno. Mm. But uh, Nick, let's move on. Let's, Welcome let's, to our wrestling let's... show. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, a bunch of happy stuff. Hey! Alright, good times. Touching little boys. Moving on. Johnny Gargano versus Ridge Holland. Talk, going from talking about touching little boys to a guy who looks like a little boy. Johnny Gargano getting in there with a full-grown man. Ridge Holland is built like a Clydesdale, and uh, unfortunately, as a result, not very good at the hip rotation, and at one point in this match, was trying to do a power slam, but didn't get enough rotation, and dropped Johnny Gargano straight down on his Nugan. and Johnny Gargano not only didn't break his neck, and didn't get paralyzed, but got up and finished the damn match. Uh, that's beefcake status right there. Yeah, you talk from the, about from the little guy. Yeah, well, you, they they are like, oh, he's all heart. I'm like, that's heart right there. That's yeah. just good lord. And he came out at the end of the show and was involved in the final angle, so it was taking bumps there too. So good lord. Uh, but this, yeah, aside from that, this was a good match. It was it was Ridge Holland just being way more powerful than Johnny Gargano and Johnny Gargano, Gargano trying to su- survive and you know be a little wily bastard. But ultimately, Ridge Holland. What you
0: would get uh, as a result
1: of Tom Hardy and Chris Pratt spawning with Brock Lesnar? Sure, I don't know. He's got a little bit of Brock to him. It might be the traps. I don't know. Uh,
0: But I, I I just think of Bane with a Chris Pratt face. That's that's all I can see
1: when Ridge comes out. He's. I personally am very high on Ridge Holland. Botch aside in this match, that guy, the presence, the absolutely. Baller. Entrance music. Um, You know, the fact that he's... The fact that we actually, in this match, had a direct comparison between his thighs and Johnny Gargano's chest and realized that, yes, indeed, they are the same size. His quads, his his whole thigh, is the size of Johnny Gargano's chest. It's unreal. Um, So, yeah, very high on Ridge Holland. I think he could go a long way. He's got got a bit of personality. Uh, Lord knows he's got the physicality. But um, unfortunately, it, it was not his time to go to the North American Championship match. It's Johnny Gargano. It makes, it makes sense to get a couple of the up-and-comers, a couple of the veterans in that match. So now we have the full match set up. Uh, you've got Johnny Gargano, Damian Priest, uh, Bronson Reed, almost called him Oliver Reed, which would be kind of cool too, Cameron Grimes, and Velveteen Dream in that latter match, which means it's probably going to be a damn good match, as long as we're not sitting there rubbing our foreheads about Velveteen Dream being in it. Do you, yeah. Now, here's the question, Nick. One last thing. Do you think that it was right for them to leave in this botch in this match? Should should they have just taken it out and not shown us Ridge Holland botching here and Johnny Gargano almost dying?
0: That, that's tough because did they have another take? Did it happen on the first take? Was Johnny in the, sh- in the condition to be able to do another, you know, a, a redo? You know, right. uh, is there a way they could have cut around it? They probably tried to but in the end it gives them something to go back to and it makes johnny just look even that much more of a badass so i at the same time while i say yeah they could have uh you know it just it, it also shows what a big character johnny gargano can be against somebody like ridge holland and he kept going
1: yeah. so yeah and they I think if he had out-
0: actually been injured
1: well yeah <laughs> like Kyrie's saying with naya yeah. you know they cut out a lot of the blood uh, and whatnot but uh, but no, I think they cut out. I would I would imagine they cut out some of the recovery time, uh, mm-hmm. give him more time to recover, and then restart the match. But uh, but yeah, I, I I agree. I think it should have been left in. It does, you know, the match afterwards it explains why Johnny's woozy. He's not hundred percent, you know. And as bad as it was, it did still look like a really nasty wrestling move. Um, yeah, you know, if he could if he could do it safely, it would be a really nasty finisher. I'll tell you that. Definitely. But, uh, but yeah, that, dude, our, that our,
0: dude's on the fast track.
1: Yeah, We'll see. I mean, the fact that they brought him over in the midst of a pandemic from England to do all this. I don't know if he was still in Florida, if he was stuck here, uh, or what, but the fact that they're, they're putting him in this definitely, I think that they've got big things, uh, for him in store and I, I can see why I can absolutely see why. So our North American championship ladder match is set. But then we had a segment, Nick, right in the guts of the show. We had a segment to set up what is, I think, one of their most controversial matches uh, that doesn't involve sending illicit messages. They're one of the most controversial matches on the show, and that's Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. A lot of people are not happy that a former NFL kicker is getting into wrestling and is having a match against a guy who was the top guy in NXT for the last two years. Uh, And this is one of Adams Cole's first major feuds after dropping the title is against a a guy who's never had a wrestling match in his life. But I'll tell you what, Nick, I think a lot of those doubters were silenced this week when Pat McAfee rolled up and they were going to have a confrontation between Undisputed Era and Pat McAfee. And Pat was like, well, I'm not going in there solo against four guys because I know how Undisputed Era works. So I'm bringing boys of my own. So out he gets out of his car. With AJ Hawk, who I almost didn't recognize because he he cut off his hair, so I don't recognize him now. Yeah, uh, and um, <laughs> it was AJ Hawk, and it was Darius Butler, I think. The what was a yeah. free safety, yeah, uh, for the Colts. Uh, the, the guy who was there, on the, he was on the Patriots for two years. The two years they weren't winning Super Bowl rings. Uh, but he so, and then another guy I didn't recognize. But uh, so Pat comes rolling deep with his NFL guys. And they get to the ring. You've got all four of Undisputed Era lined up in the ring. And you've got the NFL guys on the other side of the ring. They're outside the ring on the the apron. And Pat gets in and grabs a mic and cuts a promo on Adam Cole that might be a picture-perfect heel promo, Nick. Like, if if I were teaching a promo class in NXT to up-and-comers, to PC students, I would go pull the, the tape on this and be like, that's a heel promo it's it is line for line a perfect heel promo you get in the ring you and, and especially in a situation like Pats where he's coming in as an outsider like an Andy Kaufman right right we already as wrestling fans don't want you here so how do you on one hand on, in one in one promo get over your opponent get heat on yourself legitimize the match make us want to see you get your ass kicked and make us forget that you've never wrestled before, while still knowing that intrinsically, and that's part of the reason why we hate you. He yeah. did all of those things in about mm, three or four minutes. Yep. It was it, it was, it was fantastic.
0: fantastic. This this is one of my favorite things of the week, and yeah. I, I I think everybody kind of slept on this. You know, we did see him come in and did the sort of punt kick. His, his place kick or whatever, he's going to end up calling that thing if they do give it a name. But for those that don't know, he was he's a kicker. He's a former kicker for the Indianapolis Colts. Yep. So that's kind of a deadly weapon that he's got on his – It's
1: fun that they sold it as that, like Adam yep. Cole. And they, and they and he pointed that out. You get the super kick, Adam Cole. I've got a punt kick. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, but I also love the way that he pointed out. And he, he dropped this dime on him too where he said, I make $7 million from seven different careers already. If I wanted to come into wrestling and conquer another career, I could. I just don't care enough to. But if you want to be a dick, I will. I'll come in and I'll do it. And I'll do it in this as well. I loved that. I loved a lot of hit the points that he made, where they were they were points that made you go, huh. But at the same time, they made you go, screw you, you asshole. And that's the point. Exactly. And it was wonderful to watch Adam Cole to sit there and take it with Undisputed Era, like they, You know, they, he, he got Undisputed Era out, out of the ring. And they are like McAfee's in the middle of the ring talking to him, and Adam Cole's just sitting in the corner with his arms crossed, taking it, taking it. And Pat finally finishes, and Adam Cole kind of stalks forward, and the security guards get in and, and keep them separated. And Adam Cole takes a, a pause and then whoops the ass of all four security guards, toss them into each other, uh, super kicks them, just a, a perfect little ballet of Adam Cole being a badass. And McAfee backs up into his corner. And he's in, the, he's in his corner looking a little bit worried. And Adam Coltis very slowly goes up to him. And he says, on Saturday night, I'm going to make you my bitch. And he stares at him. And he turns and walks away. He's like, all right, let's go, boys. Grabs Undisputed air, And they take off. Mm. No physicality. He didn't have to do anything but look like a badass, get in, in McAfee's face, and drop one badass line on him and leave. Fantastic fantastic all around. And it's funny because I actually, I know better than this, Nick. I know better. But I listened to Cornette this week. (sighs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. I, I did. I listened to Cornette this week. And Cornette also loved McAfee's speech. But he thought that at the end of this, Adam Cole should have dropped McAfee with a single super kick, left him laying, and then dropped the line while McAfee's outside the ring with his boys going, what just hit me? He should have dropped the line then and then left. But because he didn't, it made him look weak. And I firmly disagree with that.
0: Yeah, I don't think I made It
1: look weak. It it made him look like a dude. I don't need to kick your ass. Yeah. I'm going to do it on Saturday. Like, yeah, you ran your mouth. You know what I don't need to do? I don't need to run my mouth back. I don't need to kick your ass. See what I did to those security guards? I could do that to you. But I'm Adam Cole, baby. baby. I don't need to. And that's the thing I don't think Cornett got is that Adam Cole looked stronger by not having to resort to violence against Pat McAfee. He backed him into the corner. He dropped the line on Pat McAfee when Cornett's making the point that, oh, McAfee tore him apart for five minutes and he didn't respond. Dude, he did respond. He beat up a bunch of security guards as an example and then dropped a single line on McAfee that McAfee had no response to. He slayed McAfee in one sentence. That's better than a super kick, I think.
0: Slade McAfee in one sense. I, don't, I I don't agree with that. I think he I think Adam Cole has the position of this is my house. You just walked into my front door with yes. a bunch of dog poop on your shoes and I'm going to I'm going to whoop your ass. And that's all he needs to say. He you're you're going to come in? All right, cool. Know what you're walking into. Yep. And I th- the thing I loved about what McAfee had to say Was and what made this such a good heel promo as well on top of everything you outlined was that he was dropping truth bombs. Yeah, he was dropping things that were like the and you can kind of nitpick out certain things that draw that bigger picture about it, but all of the things that he was saying was true. Yeah, it was so good. This was I think a lot of people didn't see this coming, and. Uh, I, I'm going to wait to say much more until we get to my pick'ems because I want to save it for that, <laughs> but I, I got theories. I'm going to have to get sure. my, my tinfoil hat. Oh, there's
1: going to be lots of tinfoil hattery today between oh, the two boy. shows. Strap oh my Strap in God. folks. <laughs> You're, we're, we're supposedly not going to see it coming, Nick, but damn it, we're going to try. Oh yeah. But yeah, at the end of the day, I thought this was a perfect build for a celebrity match where you could come into this and, and I know a lot of people are just kind of like, ah, oh, Pat McAfee. Oh God. Um, I, I definitely was sold on this. Like even yeah. if it's not the best match on the card, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hot it's a hot build. That's that was a hot build for me. Yep. And I thought it was great. I liked I liked Adam Cole basically dropping a mic without having to use a mic. So I sorry, Cornette. Once again, you're wrong about something.
0: I do enjoy a good fiery Adam Cole promo. Yep. And when McAfee threw the mic at him when he was done, <laughs> I was a little bit I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, one, that was amazing. Two I am a little disappointed I didn't get a fiery Adam Cole promo right back at you.
1: You, 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 see, you see, the thing is, is yeah. that I'm Adam Cole, baby. And the only thing that you have to know is that I, I, I've I, been the champ around here for so long. You got to get the stutters in at the beginning of every sentence. Like where Triple H does that. I uh, want uh, a matcha uh, Adam Cole's got the stutter at the beginning. That's While cool. I think about uh, what I'm gonna <laughs> say next, uh. Duh.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, the only thing missing for me was, but I think we're gonna we're gonna get hot fire out of this match tonight.
1: I think McAfee's gonna surprise people. He was yep. uh he made a comment on Twitter about the quote two Stooges from Saturday Night Live. He <laughs> saw he was there when they were coming to the ring in the Battle Royale, of course, referring to uh, Michael Che and. Um, What's his name for the other guy? <laughs> now I feel like an asshole. Um, no, the two really news either. guys from from Saturday Night Live. Once was beating up. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and um, and he was like, those guys, you know, those guys couldn't jump over a, over a curb, right? You know, and McAfee's he's, he's taking pride in his athleticism, so I'm very curious what he's going to bring to this match because he's yeah. he's promoting himself as being athletic, so and I know he's been training in a in a in a ring in his own backyard, so.
0: Got to jump in real quick. Andy dropped 100 bits, said uh, Bam Bam Bam, Bigelow versus Lawrence Taylor. Steve McMichaels versus Ric Flair. Mm -hmm. This is not a unique angle.
1: No, it's not. Not at all. It's
0: it's not unique. Celebrity Celebrity stuff is not unique. I mean, hell, the president of the United States has has been in angles. But I, (laughs) yeah, that's not what I'm, I'm not looking at Pat McAfee as a celebrity angle. I'm looking at this as that dude's jacked. Mm-hmm. That dude could kill you with his foot, and I'm I'm taking it I'm taking it somewhat seriously. Maybe to my own demise when it comes to to picks and booking and things like that. But this isn't somebody some executive in a suit rolling in. You know, Lawrence Taylor took him very seriously too. Yeah, but I mean, that, that's either- a mean dude.
1: Even when you have a gimmick match like Big Show versus Floyd Mayweather, like if yeah. you're if you're uh, you know Jesus Christ, uh, 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 Gorilla Monsoon versus Muhammad Ali, like these sort of cross uh, sports exhibition matches have happened for years and years. This one just happens to be a little bit more about the gift of gab um, with Pat McAfee. That's why I think of it more as like an Andy Kaufman thing. Yeah. So, but we'll see. We'll see on uh, we'll see tonight. A <laughs> uh, couple more things here in NXT. Dakota Kai was uh, fed Jesse Kamea before her Eo Shirai match. Uh, first time I think I've seen Jessica Mayo on TV. But uh, after the match, after Dakota Kai beats her, she calls out Eo Shirai, says, that's right, I'm going to kick Eo's ass on Saturday. And Io was like, you know, uh, yeah, no, I'm just going to come out and kick your ass right now. So Eo yeah. Shirai comes out, gets in the ring, starts beating the crap out of Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai has no answer for her. At which point I was sitting here going, dude, guys, what are you doing? Dakota Kai already looked weak against Eo. You can't have her look more weak against Io. Oh, she's gonna, they're going to fight to the back, and uh, Dakota's going to grab something and 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 help her actually get an edge. But she's still going to look like she's out wrestled by Io. No way! Because before they got to the back, out came a gigantic leather clad truck of a woman. Raquel Gonzalez comes out, absolutely big boots. Io Shirai into next freaking week. Raquel looked. Amazing here. The outfit she had on, the demeanor, everything. She got in there, beat the absolute crap out of Io Shirai. The enforcer is back. Dakota Kai does have backup for her match against Io. Brilliant move, thank God, because going into this before, Dakota Kai did not seem like she was on Io Shirai's level. Now the playing field is a bit more even, and I think they have thrown some doubt into whether or not Io is going to hold on to the championship because she has to beat not just Dakota Kai, but the Kevin Nash to her Shawn Michaels Raquel Gonzalez. What do you think about this uh this comeback? Is Kai Gonzalez a better package in general for this match? Like what do you think, Nick?
0: Uh I think Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez is what they've always wanted Nia Jax to be. I <sighs> I th- I think Ooh. I think the roof and the ceiling Ooh. is very high. Ooh. Reina Gonzalez, excuse me. Um, I think it's very very high for for Reina Gonzalez. Uh, thank you very much. By the way, Dietz fifty two sixty eight with a tier one thank sub. Thank you. Andy followed it up with a gifted sub to B Stitch too. Nice. Uh, B Stitch, make sure you say thanks uh, to Deets. Um, yeah, I listen. Thanks, guys, look like a wow. damn Terminator coming out there and kicking Eo's head off. Yeah. And that is what I've always wanted her to be. I I want her to be more than an enforcer. I want her to be. Basically, like I said before, what they what Nia Jax has never been able to be for WWE that 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 giant. I, I look at a Nyla Rose, the the dragon to slay. Now, if she keeps this up, it's going to continue uh, to the point where she we now have a legit uh, big woman in NXT. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining ra- excuse. I keep wanting to say Raquel Gonzalez, Reina Gonzalez. No, it is
1: you keep wanting to say Reina Gonzalez. It's Raquel Gonzalez.
0: Wait, which? I don't know which one is the right one. War Machine. (laughs) 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 Which one's which? I don't know.
1: It's Raquel. It's Raquel.
0: Okay. Raquel Gonzalez. Um... Uh, I think could be going up against uh, Rhea Ripley. I think could be going up against, you know, someone in the I mean we heard the draft announcement this week from Triple H. We could be doing draft stuff. But see, man, I but sky's I like, the limit for that chick in my agreed, opinion.
1: Agreed, but I like her as an enforcer for Dakota Kai right now. Oh sure. That's a great place to have her right now. Um, you know, they're seeing stuff that we're not. If they're having her in this package, it might indicate to me that she's still got a little bit more work to do in the ring before she's working full matches just by herself against top-tier people, and this is a way to keep her getting out there and working on that kind of stuff. So great, awesome. And it helps Dakota because right now, Dakota wasn't built up enough to be a legit challenger to EO, so this all together, yeah, works great. I know people were uh, wondering why Raquel wasn't a part of the build, and I like the fact that I was questioning... Dakota going for EO and sitting there going, You're just, you're not on her level. Um, what are they doing? And then when Raquel came out, it was a pleasant, it was a surprise to me. And it was a welcome surprise. I went, Oh crap, now EO's in trouble. And I caught myself doing that and I went, that, mm, that's the reaction they were going for. Yeah. They were exactly. going for that, that gut reaction of, uh oh, EO's in trouble now. Right. That's what they were going for. And they got me with it. So yeah. perfect. Uh, what were your first impressions of Jesse Kamea? Well, um, real quick couple. before I go
0: to that one, Kyle with yeah. with a hundred bits. Thank you, sir. Said, thank to you very think much, Raina Kyle. And Rhea used to be a damn tag team. Oh God, I yeah, about roommates, that. best friends. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. Imagine that standing across from you in the ring. Yeah, exactly. And Deets fifty two sixty eight with another gifted tier one sub to
1: Mudsmack
0: twenty three. Mudsmack, yeah. make sure uh, you thank Deets. Thank you very Badass. much, Deets, for the gifted subs to our to our community. Appreciate it. What
1: do you think Rhea and Raquel Gonzalez, the sisters of destruction?
0: Oh. <laughs> no i want to see that for the nxt women's championship down the line
1: oh oh yeah because you like hoss battles oh, you, like, yeah. you like hoss
0: fights oh yes well the yes, opposite
1: of let's quick 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 uh before we get into the opposite of a hoss fight jesse kamea yay or nay think she's got potential yes b2 i, green,
0: I thought she, green but potential
1: green but really ha- like good good presence in the ring you know, there's a lot of people they throw in there that, that are very obviously like still figuring stuff out. And she had like Indy Hartwell, she has she seemed to have a pretty good like obviously still had to like settle down a bit, still, you know, kinda like a puppy, like still a little bit of the jitters. But you could tell she's she's got the the mindsets there.
0: So uh, Indy Hartwell, uh, Jesse. And uh, Aaliyah without the Robert Stone brand, I guess you could say, are kind of the that they're very uh, similar. At least Aaliyah's I'd got the I'd put Aaliyah a right? couple
1: of tiers above Sure, Indian, she's and,
0: got the gimmick and yeah. the, around in the, for the a tenure, while, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: But uh, yeah, the NXT Women's Division still adding uh, parts and still getting brighter. We'll talk more about the, the Robert Stone brand, the Women's Division in a second. But first of all, we've got to talk about the opposite of a Haas match. That's the Cruiserweight Division. Mm. Uh, we had a three on three tag match, Legado de Fantasma. Versus Brizango and Swerve Scott. Uh, obviously, Brizango has their issues with Legado de Fantasma after the threesome beat them up over the last couple of weeks, and Swerve Scott's the only guy who's ever beaten Santos Escobar, the current cruiserweight champion and the leader of Legado de Fantasma. So there's some there's some storyline going on here, Nick. Um, and the thing I liked about this was that in keeping with that storyline and the and the heat that these two teams have. This started hot. These Mm -hmm. guys came out pissed at each other and they started beating the crap out of each other before the bell began. And then they had to settle down into a match. And that was, and then we had the whole working on Fandango's bad arm thing throughout the center of this match. But the fact that they came out with that intensity, I thought really sold a lot that they need to sell in this angle because it's just kind of there. Like it's not, they're not even having anything from this on the takeover show. They've had a little bit on 205 Live for whatever that means but we're building towards, it looks like a Swerve Scott title shot at the Cruiserweight Championship. Mm. Um, But the fact, I know you're... I, Lucha mm. Underground all over again. Killshot versus King Cuerno. I, I need Cuerno. to hit
0: the hot button of the Lucha Underground.
1: <laughs> Every time <laughs> these
0: two guys come up. Killshot versus temple. King Cuerno for the Cruiserweight Championship in WWE. <laughs> Put it in a weird year.
1: What's going on with 2020? <laughs> yeah. uh, very cool, but at the same time, this is a lesser feud right now, but they're doing their best to make it hot, and we've argued that Breezango has spent too much time being funny and, and people least, sleep
0: on them because of that, but they're, yeah. they're really good guys. Don't
1: forget <laughs> they are, but and it's, it's nice to see them in a feud like this where they can get a bit more serious and, yep. and leave some of the silliness behind, uh, every once in a while, because, you know, we gotta, we gotta remember that. Um, so this was a weird finish though. And that was that at one point, um, Isaiah was knocked back into his corner, knocked Tyler breeze off of the apron and the ref, for whatever reason, deemed it a tag. And nobody, like the audience didn't see this. It didn't seem like Swerve saw this. Uh, and then when Swerve went for the pin on Santos, the ref started screaming at him, you're not legal, you're not legal, get out of the ring. And Tyler Breeze kind of woozly gets back up on the ring apron, gets brought into the ring, and, and eats a finisher, and out he goes, one, two, three. Legado de Fantasma pulls off the victory. But it felt messy, Nick, because it was so obviously not a tag, when Tyler got knocked off the ring like yeah. i started waiting for the referee to you know be revealed as being on the payroll of Legado de Fantasma yeah like that's how bad it was
0: but if you go back and watch again it's actually brilliant because there was actually a tag and you could see the ref Give a clap.
1: I saw that, but it wasn't right. a tag. It, it wasn't was, it was obvious. Swerved, it was, right, it, swerved, was, it like was, shoulder checked him off the apron. Right, I didn't but a little bit off hand. to the side of the
0: camera, you saw the ref tag call the tag, but it they wasn't made obvious by commentary but, or anybody or any but, of that. But, case, right, no,
1: because it should, because it wasn't a damn tag. Breeze was halfway down the damn apron. He wasn't even holding okay, the tag okay, rope. FTR. <laughs> hey, I, I'm with them on certain. He things. didn't it's have like, his hand on the tag rope. If he if he had, I wouldn't have said a damn thing. But the fact that like. Dude, how many times do you you have people get thrown into the corner, and and have incidental contact with their own guys, and it's not considered a tag? Yeah, that's like true. the whole idea, you know, is there's an there's an like that's why they turn and like do a very intentional hand slap, right? Yeah, like well, it's it. so sorry. The purest in me, <laughs> I got riled up at that. I'm like, that's dumb. Yeah, it wasn't even it wasn't even like Breeze got hit in a way where his hand kind of came over Swerve's chest and swatted him. It just was it wasn't a damn tag. Yeah.
0: Kyle so, with 100 Bits said, I was really confused with this match. I figured the Cruiserweight title would be on takeover rather than just a thrown-together Thatcher and Balor match. Thought this was the build, was built
1: already. I, I did, too. I thought this yep. was going to be the match. And while I think Balor and Thatcher is a very exciting match, it did kind of come out of nowhere yeah. for a takeover match. It's a bigger takeover match. Bal- Balor is a bigger name. You want him on your takeover. So I get it from that perspective. And they Legato de Fantasma are going to be on the pre-show. So there is that. We are having um, uh, Legado de Fantasma versus the Britam Bruisers or Brawlers, whatever they are. L- Lorkin and Birch yeah. versus Brizango for the number one contendership for the tag team titles. That's going to be on the pre-show. So they are going to be there. But uh, yeah, this this tag pissed me off and kind of ruined what was otherwise a pretty damn good match. It, this uh, is
0: all. This is all just build. It's all and, just fodder to lead up to Swerve Scott versus. Uh, Santos Escobar for the Cruiserweight Championship and I'm here Great. for it.
1: So why would they make your boy Swerve look dumb by not knowing there was a tag in? Mm. I don't
0: know.
1: Cuz I mean he was looking at the ref as the ref went tag really loudly. I don't know. And he was then he was like, "What? What do you mean I'm not a legal, man?"
0: What's I don't have an I don't have a uh, explanation for it. What, what are you doing, man?
1: Yeah. Refs trying to screw me here.
0: <laughs> Maybe they didn't want Swerve
1: to take the to take that the pin, take out the loss. That trying to fuck on me. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Uh, so all right. One last thing here on the uh, on the NXT, and then we got to move on. The Robert Stone brand, uh, represented by Aliyah and Mercedes Martinez, versus Rhea Ripley and Shotzi Blackheart. Mwah! I love I love everyone in the ring on this. I yes. this was this was awesome. It was a bit of an interesting finish, though. Rhea Ripley power bombing Mercedes Martinez over the uh, the the barricade on the outside onto quote unquote the concrete floor. Uh, to take her out and then Shotzi pins Aaliyah. Uh, That was interesting. It Mm -hmm. makes me wonder. The commentary is making it sound like, well, Rhea and Shotzi are done with the Robert Stone brand now. And I was like, they just kind of... This just kind of started up, I felt like. It was a, It was quick. Yeah, I mean,
0: does that mean Mercedes is? Uh, was this supposed to be some kind of blow-off? I, mean, I I feel it ramping up even more. Like, now you can have Shotzi and Aaliyah yeah, feud, but- and Rhea and Mercedes feud, which... Yes, please.
1: And, and if you're... I mean, I felt like at the end of this, you had to have Mercedes put over Rhea just to keep Rhea strong. Yeah. This was just a strange way to do it. I mean, yes, you know, you can take out a monster that way. Great. Fine. Mercedes keeps a bit of her aura because it took a concrete power bomb to take, take her out, I guess, but... It seemed very sudden to drop it so quickly. Um, I feel like there's a better there would have been a better way for all the women to come out looking strong in this match. It was
0: uh, it was fine. It, it, you know, it, yeah. I, the, the fact that they're saying on commentary that this is the end, this is over, this is they're done with them after this. Really? That, it, that's yeah, the it, only confusing it part It feels to me like either.
1: it would leave them in limbo. It didn't the feel The match finished. itself
0: Sure. It was it fine. fine. It was Let's fine. see what happens fun. next kind of thing.
1: It was fun. I'm, I I I absolutely adore Shotzi Blackheart. I, I, she's one of my favorite women in NXT right now. She's just yep. awesome. Uh, so that's a that is a whole bunch of NXT. But we're not done yet, Nick, because we do have a pay per view coming up right mm. after our shows today. Yes, we have to do this show and then our mailbag show, and then of course, Nick, we've got to give our pickums right now for NXT Takeover XXX. <laughs>
0: So, fun fact: I tried to actually make the title of the stream today here on Twitch uh, "Takeover XXX Preview," and uh, Twitch was like, "Nope, I don't. I, I it's not my logo. It's not protect my title. the
1: children. Yes, uh, Nick, protect we the children. Triple X. Yeah, well, Triple X doesn't is not just a Roman numeral anymore. Yeah, it means something very right. different. Right. Very it's, very.
0: different. It's a top level domain name now.
1: Can't be having that here on Twitch.
0: Uh, awesome. Kyle threw another Hunter Bits in. Thank you very much, sir. He says, Rhea Ripley out here trying to catch up with Baron Corbin on attempted murder attempts this year. Uh, <laughs> also would really want to see Shotzi and Rhea challenge for the tag titles. They look
1: mm. like a team. They did. They worked really well. They're a very odd couple team. Um, but the problem with them going for the tag titles is how do you have them lose? Yeah. Uh, you don't want to have Rhea get pinned, which means Shotzi eats the pin, which is not good for her right now, where she's really got a lot of uh, momentum. <laughs> uh, sorry, I hate saying it, uh, but yeah, I, I do like how I I liked how they worked in this match. I thought it was a lot of fun. Everyone everyone played their part. I like her, I like Mercedes' entrance. I like it. Yeah. I like it all. Yeah. Uh, but as I mentioned, Legado de Fantasma versus Brit Bruisers or Brawlers or Lurking at Birch. Uh, versus Brizango for the number one contendership for the tag team titles. It will be on the pre-show. Who you got here, Nick? Uh,
0: Legato. Oh wait, same uh, number one contendership for the tag.
1: Yeah. For yes.
0: Yeah, uh, Legato. Absolutely. That we look. We need to establish Raul and Joaquin as not just goons. We need mm-hmm. to establish them as a O'Reilly legitimize and Fish. A, yes. yeah, it's yes. going to legitimize them alongside Santos Escobar because I think he's going to have his own singles feuds and then he ha- it's, it's a faction, right? We need to build yep. these guys as the next Undisputed Era, so to speak.
1: They already have such a great entrance... Just the feel of it and the way, you know, and it's all their body language and the music and the Tron and everything. Like it feels great. But if, but part of it is the fact that Escobar looks fantastic with that Cruiserweight Championship around his waist. You've got his other two guys come out with gold as well. If you've never watched NXT before and they come out and you see them, you're going to go, oh, who is, what is this faction? Yeah. Completely legitimizes them. I agree. Legato has, if they don't win here, I'll be very shocked because. Birch and Lorkin and the Brizango have both had their shots at the, at the tag team titles recently. It'd be strange to have them have it again. I'm, I'm, I'm so, almost
0: so, hesitant to say borderline irrelevant. Why would you have them be the number
1: one characters? Yeah, to me, to me, this seems fait accompli. Yeah. yeah. Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. Uh, tinfoil hat time, Nick. I have a feeling yep. you've got some you've got some theories over here. Uh, do. Does Pat McAfee come out wearing a mask dressed as a uh, Sincara or, or is he coming no, out no. as joke? Joker, the, Pat. Which one? No, which one no, you got? The, going? No, here?
0: that's a, that's over on SummerSlam tomorrow, um, ah. where that's going to be happening. Okay. No, I, I called something earlier this year uh, when we were we were first seeing uh, Killer Cross or Kerry Cross come up, and I we were debating at one point when Adam Cole was going to defend his championship uh, against Keith Lee, who was going to go over and go on to face Karrion and Cross, and I went out on a limb and saw and and picked. Keith Lee, because I thought it was going to be the, the 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 prologue, so to speak, of the breakup of Undisputed Era and the sort of spiraling of Adam Cole. Little did we know that this whole thing with Pat McAfee would develop. Uh, so I I see this as I do see Pat McAfee winning here. Really, I am going to take a shot on Pat McAfee wow. winning here. Okay, because I think it further cements the downward spiral. Of Adam Cole and the breakup of Undisputed Era, mm. I have to ride this train off the cliff now that some of it has come true. So I, I've made those. I feel like I made those predictions, and I have to ride this train to to see it through. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm going to pick Pat here against all my better judgment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what's funny is I'm actually going to go for Pat with you.
0: <gasps> what? Yeah.
1: Uh oh because I think it's the most interesting outcome. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I I think it's I think there's more story to tell. If Adam Cole beats Pat, it's over. It's done. We're yeah. done. Yeah, moving on, right? And I don't know what that means for Adam Cole. He's got nothing else to do. However, it could be a good another
0: Gronk situation where he's coming in for a couple of spots for a payday. You know,
1: it could be. Yeah. Um, know. you know, uh, but but and and Pat has definitely done a lot of of work on the mic for them. Yeah, uh, as a comment setter. But I I think there's more to be done if you have Pat win if either like someone from Undisputed Era turns on Adam Cole, or if, you know, there's some shenaniganry and Pat does get the win and it's just frustrating, right?
0: If this is I, a one-off though, Triple H isn't sending a ring to Pat McAfee's house for him to put in his in his backyard or his warehouse or whatever. He already
1: has one.
0: I know, to be practicing and things like that. So that's why I don't think it's a one-off.
1: Well, maybe. Pat Pat has been very clear. He's wanted to be a wrestler longer than he wanted to be a football player. Like he fully believes in it. He would be um, really good at it. And uh, this is the thing. I'm I'm really wondering. Um, I heard a rumor he signed a superstar contract. So I don't know. I I'm, I've I have been. I'm to the point now where I believe McAfee could win. And looking at the storylines coming out of it, it would be more interesting. Otherwise, Agreed. you're you're reset on Adam Cole, and what do you have him do then? Go for the North American Championship? Big deal. Go for the the the, the, the NXT Championship? He held it for a year. Like two, two years. What's right? So what's next for Adam Cole? Yeah, something interesting, like a, a, an actual blood feud, an interesting story. Sounds much better than having him just kind of spinning out here doing nothing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Pat, just because it's a more interesting. Outcome, and I think they'd be wise to have Pat win in some way, whether that's, you know, undisputed era breaking up or whatever. However,
0: I'm wondering if we could get as interesting as and pull a Bullet Club on undisputed era and have someone in, come in and challenge for leadership of undisputed era.
1: Maybe, maybe there's and a lot it's, of there's it's a lot Fish of and O'Reilly
0: kind of yeah. yeah. You're, that's you're, that's you're way down out there the line. A, but
1: I, <laughs> let's talk about Finn Balor and Timothy Thatcher. Uh, last minute match made here, but uh, both of both very mean men these days. Yeah. Who do you have winning this one? This is tough. Uh, yeah. Because
0: I feel like Finn has been eating a few L's, taking a few L's recently. He has. And uh, Thatcher, but I, but I feel like Thatcher needs it more. And this is this is such a coin flip for me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick Balor because I think he's coming back to challenge. Whoever's got, whoever's next, whoever wins it, whoever ends up with it, I think it, they could be get a challenge from Finn Balor. Thatcher, I think, would be okay, more okay with the loss than Balor at this point. He's he's lost like two or three in a row. Balor has, so I'm, so is I'm, Thatcher.
1: I mean, yeah. Thatcher Thatcher has not had a winning record lately either.
0: Yeah, but he's had the Thatchers, Thatch can little vignettes and all of that. Yeah. I think he'll be fine. I'm picking Balor here because I feel like he needs it for relevance. I'm I'm I've, I have a little bit of fear for Balor. I feel like he's falling from grace a little bit. I'm gonna here.
1: I'm gonna take Finn too, only because he's the safe choice here, and he's the he's more of a marquee star than Thatcher. Yeah, but it's a very strong. It's a, it is a coin flip. They could easily have Thatcher go over as a way to establish him over a name like Finn. Um. But, yeah, I, I will be surprised if Thatcher wins. But at the same time, I do feel like it's 50-50. Yeah. Like, I will understand why they have him win if he wins. Yeah. Uh, North American Championship ladder match. Johnny Gargano, Damian Priest, Oliver Reed. Kidding. Sorry, Bronson Reed. <laughs> boy. Cameron Damn, boy! Cameron Grimes and, and Velveteen Dream. Uh, who do you have picking up the, North, the vacant North American Championship in this ladder match that's sure to be absolutely amazing?
0: When this was announced four or five weeks ago, and we've been on this journey now uh, every week, having a, a, a qualifiers, triple threat qualifiers, I, I originally thought, oh, okay, oh, this is finally to strap Damian Priest after the last couple of years of him sort of jobbing out to Lee and Jack and everybody else that had you know, been working with him and things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm changing my tune, though. Oh, man. Someone in particular has had a, a meteoric rise over the last couple of months
1: oh no that don't is think.
0: that's one cameron grimes <laughs> i'll be i'll be picking my north carolina brethren from about 40 minutes up the road here in <laughs> burlington mr Trevor lee uh cameron grimes will be your wow. next north american championship with a cave-in off mm. the top of a ladder mark that down
1: i think there will be a cave-in from the top of the ladder i don't think he's going to win i think damien priest is winning but uh, I, I'm, I'm still. Everything on in my
0: brain saying Priest, everything in my gut is going Cameron Grimes.
1: The reason I'm, I'm picking my Priest gut. is because they just had him lose straight up to Bronson Reed. They just had him lose straight up. Yeah. So they they've got to rehab him something fierce. And I think that they had they made Bronson look great coming into this, which means he ain't winning. He got to stand tall at the end of NXT there. Breaking news, hey. by the way. Uh, Marshall is oh, yeah.
0: just reporting in the chat. Just saw it. Corey Graves is on commentary for Takeover tonight. Is he now? Interesting.
1: <laughs> is he now? Mm, okay. I think it might be because Morrow can't go to a live show. I don't know. Hmm. Not sure. The
0: plot thickens.
1: I know that uh, Corey did tweet out last night that he's so excited for this weekend he can't sleep. Leader of Retribution says what? Um, anyway, so uh, fi- uh, let's see. Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai for the NXT Women's Championship. You got you got uh, you taking Kai here, sir. Everything Is
0: that, I'll, 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 I'll in my Eo. being. I'm taking Io. I'll just straight up tell you. You're taking Io, okay? Take, yeah. Then I, I am going to take Dakota Kai. What? I am going to take Dakota what? Kai. They're, they okay. have been trying to set her up ever since she came back at War Games and turned on Tegan. They've been trying to set her up for something. And the opportunity or the timing of it really hasn't been right. I feel like this might be on a on a timeline pers- with with Raquel in her corner. This, I think this is if you don't do it here. I don't know how many more chances you have to
1: go to the well with Dakota Kai. I don't think she's one that you go to the well with a bunch. I think that she's a our mid card player.
0: And frankly, Eo hasn't really done much with the title since she's had it.
1: What are you? She's, what are you talking she, about?
0: She's done a couple of like video packages.
1: What uh, uh oh Dakota Kai. She just won it. What do you want from her? Oh my god. Dakota Kai is gonna win tonight. I'm not even okay. I'm not even addressing that one. We have we're way behind. We spent an hour on goddamn NXT. Uh yeah. all right, you sure was winning this, you're out of your freaking mind. Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross. In our main event, sure to be a barn burner. This the 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 lead up for this has been fantastic. Thankfully they did nothing for it this week, which is great. They just kind of replayed stuff. That they got a little extra last week. So who you got here? Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross for the NXT championship.
0: We were talking about the coin flip between Balor and Thatcher earlier. <laughs> one, how do you not book Karrion Cross as strongly as you have since his debut and not have him be able to pull off a victory here? How do you strap Keith Lee with both belts, have him relinquish one of them for this ladder match, and then lose the title like a few weeks later to, to carry and cross I, part of my whole prediction of Keith Lee winning was that he would be the one to drop it to carry and cross and go on at the yeah. rumble or at work or at uh, survivor series later this year, representing the, the yellow brand. All of, I didn't think it would happen this
1: fast. Uh, like, I was telling you it was happening fast, Nick. And you were like, no, no, it'll totally work out. I was like, this is too fast. And you didn't believe me. And yet here we are. You gotta have carry and
0: cross win. Right? You, you have you to have do. carry and cross win. Otherwise, if Keith Lee just chumps him tonight, it could be a it's gonna be it could be a five-star match. The but only if he doesn't way, win, it doesn't matter.
1: The only way that you cannot have cross win is through some like outside interference, like Dijak comes back and interferes and screws him. Uh or like it's
0: and it's like a champion's out, advantage he or
1: retains. Or a, a DQ and he retains. Yeah, like like Cross goes too hard on Keith Lee and gets himself DQ'd. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the that's the only way. You can't have Keith straight up beat Cross. I don't want Keith to lose. I don't either. How? But how do you how? So this is really. I, I have to down. say
0: carrying Cross wins. I don't know if that means that Keith Lee retains or not through some champion's advantage, through some Scarlet Bordeaux interference, through some <sighs> Dijak interference. Yeah. Like, I, Karrion Cross. it would make a lot of sense. That's the way... That would... What you just described, if Karrion Cross technically won the match for the books and looked strong, but through well, some skullduggery, it, he, Keith Lee retains the title, we get to move forward, and we have a, another match down the line.
1: I'm saying, like yeah either either carrion wins but doesn't get the title or right. Keith Lee uh wins but like looks bad in a win like it's a DQ right like someone hits Keith Lee from outside whatever Scarlett gets involved in the ref calls or whatever so I could see Keith Lee coming out of this still the champ yeah do you know what I mean in fact I'm gonna I'm gonna go crazy I'm gonna say that that we're this is about who comes out champ all right not who wins and loses let's say that. Okay, Okay. Th- then
0: I will say that Keith Lee retains the NXT championship.
1: Okay, then I'm going to say that. I'm going to say Keith Lee retains the championship somehow. Fair. Um, I don't know. I, it's, that's, Jesus, that coin is just whoop, 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 whoop in the air, and I keep second-guessing myself. They could go either way here. My they, head they, and my they, heart
0: are at war right now internally mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah.
0: o- over this match alone, and they've done such a good job for not giving us any indication one way or another uh, of a lot of these matches, frankly. They've done such a good job of building this card. I'm so excited for this takeover. To, I haven't been able to say I've been excited for a takeover in a long, probably since 25. But this one, holy smokes, I'm I'm very excited for this card. The ladder match, the women's championship, Cole and McAfee, Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. Yeah. I'm gonna, Nick, I'm going to change it. I have I'm no gonna idea it. what's going to happen.
1: I'm changing it. I'm going to be nice to you. Just because you're saying you're gonna you you're taking Lee retains, I'll say cross wins, just so we have a little bit of an interesting show tonight. Okay. Okay. It's against my better judgment throwing that out there right now. <laughs> and, and it's but,
0: like Andy said, the the I mean wrestling rules, the face can't retain through skullduggery. That's that's not how wrestling works, right? That, well,
1: skull dug, by skullduggery I mean like <laughs> they attempt skullduggery and get caught. And that's how he retains, you know what right. I mean? Or like a DQ finish. That, that's the way that the face can retain. We have spent way too much time on NXT, man. I've got to do a couple
0: of bits real quick. Uh, Kyle oh, yeah, with yeah. 100 yeah. bits, thank you very much, says, there's no wrong answer for Lee and Cross, uh, but I'm going Cross. The build has given both men an, uh, has given both men an out. Uh, Likely being angry is unexpected for Cross for a win, but think Cross wins here. Uh, thank you very much, Kyle. Uh, Jesse Never. also threw another 100 bits, said, picking for this takeover really messed with my head. Yep.
1: I have a headache right now. Yep. 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 I'm 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 bleeding from the ears. You can't tell because it's all being caught in the headphones here. It's it's but of course, Nick. The thing is, that wasn't the only thing that made my orifices bleed this week. Oh no, we have to go talk about Friday Night SmackDown.
0: Two men enter, one man leave. We don't need
1: another hero.
0: Yeah thunderdome i'm gonna say right out of the gate never count out wwe
1: <laughs> well we I, were gonna debate that. i
0: was like oh bro. Well, okay. i think debate i even texted i said well shit
1: yeah. <laughs> all right so we had the debut of wwe's thunderdome otherwise known as a whole crap ton of led uh, screens out where seats normally are uh a whole crap ton and dozens and dozens and dozens of fans uh, zooming in from their house or from wherever they have their webcam, including our own Jacob Uhaas, who was there. We caught him on camera at one point. Yep. Congratulations, sir. He said it was a very strange experience. Um, Before we even talk about the cool. LED
0: boards and the Zoom call, that one panning shot where they just pulled back at the opening and you had all of the, the bars... Those LED bars that were forming the dome—I guess you could say—over yeah. the ring, and then we got big pyro again because we were in a big venue, and we yep. had the big tall SmackDown stack Tron again. Uh, yeah, I just—I was sitting there going. I forgot how fun this was. <laughs> Everything
1: is bigger. Pyro is back. They even yeah. have, like, flamethrowers in between the LED screens out where the seats are. Like, I saw drones
0: flying around. There's
1: drones. There's there's lasers. It is absolute sensory overload. I would not be surprised if, if Epileptics went to the hospital after watching this show. It was so freaking much, uh, all originating from the Amway Center, which they have leased through October uh, and with the option to extend. So, my God! And then they kick this off with a with a with a pretty big opening segment, uh, and big in the sense that the first person in the ring was Vincent Kennedy, Mister McMahon, yep. himself, to say "Welcome to Thunderdome," <laughs> and uh, and then kind of. Wave his arms. You, you and won't see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> you won't, that's right. That's what we do here in WWE, this Sunday SummerSlam, because you won't see it coming. Yeah. I don't know why my McMahon impression becomes more and more Richard Nixon every time, but it does. Just go with it. Well, it it's literally um, becoming that. It's, it is. I am not a crook. Uh, but I am tr- i don't know whether to, to break down the, the Thunderdome first or to – let's go through the opening segment, and then we can break down the Thunderdome. Okay, okay. so the opening segment – Vince McMahon in the ring, introducing everything, and then beer, beer, as soon as they turn all the lights, all the lights start getting turned out because the Fiend is here. Uh, what is the Fiend doing in the Thunder Zone? We don't know, but we had the full Fiend entrance, including Bray standing at the top of the ramp, nicely you know silhouetted against the LED board. Uh, he marches to the ring, gets in the ring, confronts Mr. McMahon, who kind of just mm, kind of gets all squirrely. He Vince is like, okay tries to take a step to the right. Fiends takes a step to the left to match him. Takes a step to the left. Fiends takes a step to the right to match him. And Vince is kind of like, um, well, hmm. And I'm sitting at home going, oh my god, Mandible Claw the boss. But we didn't nope. get that. We didn't get that because then bruh, and out comes Braun Strowman to go face to face with the Fiend. Mr. McMahon vanishes into thin goddamn air. <laughs> uh, and Braun Strowman and the Fiend face off with each other before we have another power issue and uh, the lights start flickering because apparently that's how we know Retribution is here. Apparently they have some sort of electromagnetic <laughs> pulse thing. <laughs> yeah, one of the members by the lights which going, <laughs> stupid lights. Uh, but they hop up on the ring ramp, or the ring apron. They're surrounding the ring. They went from like five of them to like, you know, the, the cast of Game of Thrones is now surrounding the ring. Uh, they finally got some big members. They, they look like they got some size in the ranks now, which is good because you got Braun Strowman in the ring. And the fiend just kind of laughs at Braun. Braun laughs at him, and then the fiend disappears. He vanishes. And Braun's left alone against all of Retribution. Retribution gets in the ring, and Dog piles Braun Strowman, beat the crap out of him until the rest of the locker room comes running out in two waves. Chase off Retribution. We have a huge brawl to open the show. Uh, Braun gets saved. And uh,
0: and then Miz comes running out. Yeah, Miz came out over. running
1: out last. We'll, we'll come back to that. We'll <laughs> come back to that one. <laughs> um, and then Braun Strowman, you know, knocks out Drew Gulak and uh, hucks somebody else. I forget who he hucked. Uh, Uso. Was an, that's right, Jimmy Uso. Hucks Jimmy Uso over the, the...
0: Okay. I think we're recovering. Oh, okay. It's coming back up. God. Come on. Come on, you can do it. You can do it.
1: There we go. Oh, All right. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. We're back, uh, guys. They they
1: we spoke their name. Yep. We spoke their name. They they just they are
0: not happy right now. We are talking about them way yep. too much.
1: Retribution is in the rafters. We're out of time. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to it. Retribution beating up everybody. Braun Strowman doesn't want the help. He storms off, and uh, everyone else is left in the ring. Uh, wow. Okay. So that's a, so a lot. They basically threw everything at the wall for the opening segment, uh, and then of course we end up with Biggie and Seamus getting into it, pushing contest. They end up in a match, and Biggie and Seamus we'll get to in a second because it really wasn't anything beyond that. But yeah. Okay. Opening segment. All of the shenaniganry with with the fiend. All of it with retribution. They basically took their two big angles right now. The big showy angles made them front and center. They had lights and lasers and flames and pyro compared to their storylines, Nick. And this is, I, I want to jump on this right now because was Thunderdome impressive? Yes. Of course. It's insane. They threw so much money and so much technology and so much manpower and so much know how at this, and they created an absolute, as I said, sensory overload. I, I aligned insane.
0: with Kyle here, who threw another 100 bits in and said, Thunderdome was the first time in months wrestling felt normal to me again, so mission accomplished in terms of a solution. I, I agree with that. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the light show and the spectacle of it and the full-size Tron and the pyro and all of that stuff. It felt like we were kind of
1: back to normal again. It felt like WWE Bombast was back. Yeah. Yeah. For better or for worse. Uh, how about... So I, I detected a bunch of sound issues at the beginning, levels being off. Um, also, they had really awful, awful piped-in cheering and booing throughout the whole thing. I mean, it sounded like WW2K. That's uh, how the, bad The, it the
0: Fiend's sounds. Tron was out of... Like, the LED boards were out of order as well when he was coming out, in case you didn't notice that. Uh, yeah, I think they'll figure all those little things out. I'm not worried yeah, about that. technical I issues. Think, I think the overall spectrum of just the presentation yeah fan-freaking-tastic
1: dropped a lot of every basically basically gallows and anderson's uh contract went to paying for this yeah um all that money for the 100 bits
0: by the way jesse also dropped 100 bits and says thanks to the thunderdome the fiend has low-key traumatized my daughter i'll post the video on facebook later
1: (laughs) oh wow that was when it happened yeah we wow that's he didn't traumatize her before that Anyway, um, okay. So, what about the the screens, the fan screens, the the new audience? What did you think about that presentation? How that looked throughout the whole show?
0: When it was when it was a when it was far enough away, it looked fine. It looked actually looked really cool. When it was close up, not so much. So there were a few shots during the Sheamus and Big E match that we're gonna talk about um, where they there were really wide shots and they were up close on Big E and Sheamus, but in the backdrop of it, you could see that sea of faces back there. It was all right. I, I dug it. You know, it, it it was, would I rather see empty seats there? No, but I would also kind of just rather see black, just blackness, just turn the lights off. We don't need that. It, it's cool. But as, as Jacob alluded, it was kind of an awkward experience to be a yeah. part of that. And it was kind of awkward for us too to just see a pe- bunch of people like laid out on the couches. <laughs>
1: and that was the thing that was—you hit on something <laughs> that I wanted to talk about—is that everyone who was there, um, and I know people that threw up peace signs and they got booted. Do you know what I mean? Like I think they were they're so, so nervous people are going to throw up hand signs or have like like bring up something into the screen, um, and I don't blame them. I mean they are really taking a chance there. If you've got twenty five hundred people out there in your audience or however many there are uh maybe 250 I don't know whatever the number is you have a whole bunch and that's a lot to keep track of at once and if you miss one and it gets on TV boom you're in trouble so yeah. i get why they're being so anal about it but at the same time they're putting themselves in that predicament and they really have that issue where they're giving themselves a 15 second delay uh to be able to catch it to be able to catch any of that and edit or boot the person or whatever Um, but as a result, we're having a bunch of just kind of like just heads, you know, just heads and people not really reacting very rarely only during Oscar's entrance later in the show. Did you see actually like a lot of people clapping and getting animated? And maybe that's something that will, will change as it goes on and people realize, you know, how to act on the screens. Like, I don't know, but it was very obtrusive in this one that a lot, it was just a lot of heads Yeah, and it looked to me, it looked very weird. And I don't know if this will change if I will just get used to the audience being there like that. Um, because like a regular audience can be distracting from a match, but this was really distracting. I kept like looking at all the screens to try to see what they all were. Do you yeah. know? And I don't know if that's gonna go away too. So I- I'm willing to give it a shot. It was definitely interesting, but it was weird. And I heard it described at one point of being the uncanny valley of wrestling production. And it, it really put- it it that's really what I want to kind of rest on is yeah, it's close, but it's also it's that point where it, like, it gets so close and then just boo, it just gets really, really weird.
0: I it's think really weird. If they had I'm done not sure. the Thunderdome uh, thing uh, with all of the effects uh, and yeah. the, the LED lighting and everything and all of the augmented reality they were doing for everything, including ads and all of that. Like they real like Cesaro's interest. He had green square laser beams shooting all the way through my TV. Like I want to put some three D goggles on and watch this kind of stuff, Yeah, right? This is so I don't I don't think the fan thing it's cool. I, I think it was unnecessary. I mean, if you're just gonna, if you just had blackness and piped in a little, about fifty percent of the fan noise that you did, it still would have worked.
1: I don't know. That fan noise is pretty awful. I mean, they, they, I don't know what they're gonna do about the noise. It it feels it feels like playing the WWE video games, which just is you know yeah. very fake.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, the opening segment as a whole, jumbled mess or was it exciting? Was it was it well written? And again, this is I put I I say that question intentionally, Nick, because. My thesis is WWE is just doing all of the big flashy things when what they really should be doing is working on their storylines and their presentation. Right. Yeah. I, I think Thunderdome's cool. It's cool. I love all the lasers and all the bright lights, but to me it just it just sounds like to me it feels like someone who's reading a story and you're like, ah, this is really an interesting story. So they start reading it louder. True. True. So what did you think about like, the? No, segment? pay attention to me, kind of thing.
0: And, and I, you know, I remember the days twenty years ago when we were at six and nine million ratings and things like that. We would save all of this big spectacle stuff till the very end of the show, right? It was the yeah. main event. It's what we all hung around for three hours for. We're like, oh my god, what are they going to do? Now it feels like it's flipped on its head, and we do all the big stuff up top to try to goose ratings uh, at the front end of the show, and th- that's. I just I don't know enough about all of that it just something's off and of course Mm. 2020 sucks and we've been through what we've been through the last six months (laughs) that's a given right Right. but I feel like now you've you've got a proper venue again you've got all your kit back again Mm. and it feels like you're that's still not good enough I would have done this in a couple of steps maybe save the LED boards for SummerSlam
1: tomorrow but they wanted to give you the preview. They wanted to give you a reason to go watch SummerSlam. Hey, it's going to look like this, and and tonight might be even bigger. SummerSlam might be even bigger tomorrow night. I mean, um, so Nick, there, we are way behind, and there is a ton of stuff I want to talk about. I want to talk Sorry. about Vince. I thought he no sold the fiend. I didn't like it. I thought, I, you know, Seth Rollins cries in the corner like a baby, and Vince just stands there like, oh yeah, I know what you are. Okay, whatever. I thought he no sold the fiend. I didn't like it. We could talk yeah, about Alexa agreed. Bliss not being on the show. We could talk about Nikki uh, saying, I don't know, Alexa seems lost. Not the Alexa I know, and what might be happening because of that. Um, I, you know, the Biggie and Sheamus match. I, I don't think we need to talk about that. It, was it a beginning of a Biggie and Sheamus feud or just a way to fill time? I don't know. It was just kind of there. They worked their asses off, but it was just there. Um, but there's so much on the show we do need to talk about, including what happened at the end of the show, uh, which is Bray Wyatt having a Firefly Funhouse and uh, kind of talking about Braun and Alexa and how love is terrible and it, it's a horrible thing. Uh, And then even like a, a puppet reenactment of Braun and Alexa, which got a little bit intimate and Bray had to interrupt it, which was freaking hilarious. But then it ended with Bray stopping and pausing and sniffing the air and saying, what took you so long? Before Braun comes into the Firefly Funhouse and beats the absolute crap out of him, they end up brawling into the backstage area because according to Corey Graves and Michael Cole, the Firefly Funhouse is both backstage... And in an alternate dimension at the same time. Just go. With okay, it. it's going. To, we're going with it. So they're brawling. Uh, Braun throws Funhouse Bray out of the loading dock onto the concrete, where he lies in a in a in a in a crumpled mess. And then he stalks off as uh, all the WWE personnel come out. And Adam Pearce tries to guide everyone to uh, the ambulance, which was very conveniently right there in the garage. Backs up. Uh, they strap up. Funhouse Bray, put him into the back of the ambulance. The ambulance goes to take off, which was going to be difficult seeing as the garage door was still closed. But it's neither here nor there because the ambulance put it in reverse. And as Adam Pierce is saying, you're going the wrong way. Uh, the ambulance backs up and uh, we see mist filling up the inside of the ambulance. And a red light all of a sudden comes along, comes on inside the ambulance. Uh, we turn around and see all of the staff looking horrified at something. We turn back around and there's the fiend standing in the door the doors of the ambulance with fog and smoke rolling out of the ambulance behind him and the camera goes up in the fiend's face and because, you know, he's a showman, he starts laughing into the camera and that's the end of the show. So, um, did you feel this worked or was this too corny?
0: I thought it worked. Really? Uh, Okay. What I I was, why I was laughing when you were saying all that was I was, with Adam Pierce and all of the other refs and everybody, the, the one thing I could think about and it, this is random as hell, but if you've seen the movie Hateful Eight, every time they go into Minnie's Haberdashery, they have to nail the door shut. And they just constantly yell at anybody that comes through the door like, ah, "You, you got to use two boards. You got you got to nail it shut." They just yell the whole time, right? Spoiler alert if you've never seen it. That's what I was reminded of. They just, "No, no go
1: to the thing." To yeah.
0: For never, five they never freaking
1: up, minutes! Never go up to talk to the driver, just standing at the back of the ambulance going, Oh, no, but you're in reverse! You're backing <laughs> it up! Maybe you should go forward again! Um, just saying, but, but you're going the wrong way! Adam Pierce got a full body sweat just from yelling at this ambulance. Um, okay, so Nick, uh, I thought this was absolutely ridiculous, terribly shot, and goofy as hell. <laughs> okay. But... I thought it was the right idea. It was the execution that was off. They shot SmackDown Live last night, from what I understand. Okay. Um, but they didn't... I thought this should not have been live. And the reason for that was all of the swooping camera moves going from the ambulance and back to... the. the it made it... While I think they were going for a cinema verite kind of thing, um, it didn't work. And it, it took you out of... I, to me, it 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 took away from the creepiness of the fiend, the horror of watching Braun throw someone to their apparent death, um, even though it was not that high of a fall. But whatever, um, I I, I didn't like a lot of the way they shot this, the way they presented this. But if I was in a production meeting, and someone said Bray is going to be in the Funhouse doing a spiel, Braun's going to have because Braun and he have history. Braun breaks into his little pocket dimension pulls him out of there by his, by his dreads, beats him up backstage, attempts to kill him, and then, you know, leaves laughing, knowing that he hasn't killed him, but he's just pissed him off. Um, and then, you know, all of the staff strap Bray's crumpled corpse onto a, a gurney, put him in the ambulance. The ambulance then, you know, tries to take off, but comes back and the fiend comes out, you know, terrifyingly. Um, all of that on paper sounds great. That's you know what, a, that's you know a what broke this for me
0: though the fact that and I know why Vince did it let's let's use the the fiends big grand entrance as the first one that we're gonna see yeah like we didn't even get like strutting mr McMahon
1: like, no he, he was just he was in the, in the ring. ring yeah
0: I think the fact that we we had the fiend at the top of the show is what broke this had you really? done right so pl- hear me out uh let's do mr McMahon but have braun strowman come out have retribution show up Mr. McMahon runs away while Braun Strowman gets beat down, yada, yada. Everything else goes on as normal. Then we have Braun, because he's so mad that he got beat down, go down and just track down where Funhouse Bray is, gets into the Funhouse, and then kills Bray, then goes into the ambulance, and Fiend pops out. First time we've seen him all night, and that's how we close the show out for the night. Yeah, you've got I, me so much more than the than the way that they opened it up, having the fiend come out on Mister McMahon.
1: Yeah, two fiends was perhaps too much. I yeah. I, I concur. I yeah. actually that's a really good point. Um, again, for me, it was just presentation. It was also detail work, which is something that Bray's usually really good at. Um, you know, why did the cameraman go run up and get right into his face? Like it's it's why a little is he logical.
0: sticking his freaking tongue out.
1: I don't mind the tongue, but it's it it the the issue more for me is, um. It's hard for me to watch these shows and not think about the logic of the situation. If, they, if this is, you know, I know that they try to have a camera go back and forth between being a passive observer and an active cameraman in the scene. Um, but sometimes the fact that they don't definitively say which one it is and they actually go back and forth within the scene as to if the cameraman's actually there or not, um, that drives me freaking insane. It drives mm. me nuts. Make a decision: Is the camera a all-seeing eye, or is it an actual human being holding a camera in the situation? Right. Which one is it? Make up your damn mind, because if you don't know, then I'm going to be sitting there wondering why the fiend isn't tearing this cameraman's head off. Right. And he said he's laughing into the camera. You exactly. know, that's a big issue for me. Yeah. Um, as far as the storyline is concerned, I love that Braun knows how to get into Bray's pocket dimension. I love that that you know, if you kill Firefly Bray, he's going to turn into the fiend. Whatever. All that stuff's good stuff. It's just the execution, I thought, let it down. And I think you're absolutely right, Nick. Having The Fiend twice lessened the impact of The Fiend showing up at the end of the show. Um, so we got a lot more to get to. So let's move on from that. Because it was Championship Match Friday. Uh, you had the both the Intercontinental and the Tag Team titles being defended on the show before a pay-per-view. Okay. Which I'm... I'd love to bitch about that, but it's, right. it's becoming just a thing now. Yeah. We've got three-hour-long pay-per-views instead of five hours, so they can they have to do this sort of thing. So these guys don't get that pay-per-view money, and including AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy, who fought for the Intercontinental Championship during the scuffle at the beginning of the show. AJ low-chop blocked Jeff Hardy's knee and apparently blew it out, so Jeff had an, a knee brace and had to come out to this match in a knee brace, which I'm not going to lie, Nick, they totally had me. I was like, well, that's a great excuse to have Jeff Hardy not win this. It's just too bad because it's going to keep us from having an all-time classic match. That part I was right about. We did not have an all-time classic match. It sucked because it was basically AJ working Jeff's knee the entire time and Jeff selling his knee the entire time, and that was the match until Jeff clocked AJ in the head with his knee brace, turned the tile, the turned the tables, and then a swanton bomb and one, two, I'll be damned, three. Jeff Hardy is your new intercontinental champion. What? 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 Until payback next week. What? You think, okay, elucidate, Nick, because this blew my damn mind. You think they're going to strap Jeff and take it off of him that quickly? Yep.
0: Hmm. Uh, elucidate. I'll do it as quickly as I can. Uh, the journey he's been on ever since the the all the stuff, the early stuff with Seamus and calling him out, and all of his his journey. So this is a, rewar- it's a reward.
1: It's a reward win. Yeah, hey, we put you through, a- hell with, with, through hell with that alcoholic line. So here's yeah. a here's an intercontinental here's an belt just for your trouble. And
0: it's you know it's the one thing he said he wanted to get again, and he got it. So congratulations. I guess
1: this feels to me like a hot shot day of screw it. Let's put it on Jeff. Kind of decision, because with everything they've been building with AJ. With all of like the way they've been building him up as a champion, the whole story they were doing, this just absolutely whips that whips that tablecloth off the table like Bill Murray and Ghostbusters. Yep. It just makes the flowers are still standing. It makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever why they put the title on Jeff here. I was flabbergasted, I was aghast, I was horrified, I was shocked, I was beside myself, Nick um this was insane and to have aj styles lose to a one footed one-legged guy i mean i know they had the thing backstage where he was screaming at abyss being like you told me the the statistics said i paid you money i bought you that stupid shirt and that stupid tie um they had that but to me it it still seemed like just uh this made no sense to me someone explain it somebody explain to me why we just put the title on jeff hardy
0: we got to call out real quick. I missed one. Kyle threw another hundred bits in. I can't keep Thank up you. with you, brother. Thank you so much. That's uh, the awesome. closing shot of Bray and the amulets made me bust a gut laughing when yeah. he stuck his tongue out. Somehow, the fiend is the least intimidating of his three personas. Now, I don't know about that.
1: I wouldn't go there, but it's definitely when the fiend doesn't murder everyone around him in, 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 immediately. Yeah. He, it takes away from his mystique and his, you know, like the whole idea was if you're around the fiend, there's a miasma of evil and everything turns bad, right? And here he is just standing there and a cameraman's like, hey, Mr. Fiend, let me get a shot of your tongue, right? That, that made me nuts. He should have attacked the cameraman. Imagine if, you know, he had just been standing there and then just come at the cameraman and the last shot you had was, was him leering over the, the camera as he's murdering the cameraman. Yeah, it's and that, then we go, it's a sort of
0: found footage thing where the camera yes, falls uh, just as Bray's like mandible clawing him, and it's up close
1: on him. Like, the way oh, we God have would have like, been so good. The way that Karrion Kross Cross uh, took out Champa, right? Yeah, have it go out like that with him murdering the cameraman, and you instantly have that fear of the fiend back instead of him going <laughs> into the camera. Right. So yeah, that's that's I've got to got to have I got beef with that. Yeah. Um, so again, bizarre intercontinental championship match. Bizarre finish. I don't know what AJ does next. I don't know what Jeff does next. This just completely flipped my mind, and I've really got nothing else to say about it besides that. Shin's gonna I think to there's going to be
0: a story around uh, they, Abyss figuring out how to get this, the stats right so that he gets it back at payback. That's what I really think it
1: is. But, they, yeah. If they don't put it back on him, I'm gonna. I don't know what. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This felt like we got to have a title change hands. It's a big show. Um, completely felt like a last minute decision, and they threatened. You know, all of that long term storytelling. Right out the window. Are you watching, Shinsuke, Seth? Yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro versus the Lucha House Party ended pretty much how you'd expect with Shinsuke and Cesaro retaining. That being said, man, Greg Mendalik took a nasty fall to the outside. Trying to Hurricane Rana Cesaro, not really sure what he was going for. All I know is he ended up with uh, about a eight foot fall straight down onto his back, and it just. Ew! And they definitely had to improv a little bit at the end. There, you could see Nakamura uh, just basically going through the motions of what he was supposed to do in the match. At, after that, even jumping out and like throwing a like through a boot on Metalik, like well, I'm supposed to come out here and beat you up so I can win. Um, but ultimately, yeah, they the Lucha House Party. I want to talk about loses.
0: that triple moonsault by Len Dorado.
1: The triple moonsault, and then also the the tilt a whirl all the way around twice with Cesaro and Grand Metalik. Uh, just beautiful. All these guys are absolute. Athletes, Absolute monsters. And I loved watching them work. It's just I couldn't be too excited about this match because I thought in no world was Lucha House Party winning this. The interesting part, though, Nick, happened afterwards with Kalisto and Lince Dorado starting to get into a pushing match um, and and seeing like there's some tensions. There's some trouble in paradise for Lucha House Party, Nick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm very Mm -hmm. curious. I am actually curious where that's going because Lince versus Kalisto put it in... My eye holes.
0: You got a very good taste in this match, and we've had plenty in the past, but this match alone with the triple moon salts back to back to back to back, mm-hmm. uh, and you also had that. Sp- spin crazy stuff that he did with cesaro <laughs> which it takes an incredible base like cesaro to be able
1: to do he's that the, kind he's the of best stuff. lucha base in wwe i'll i'll, yeah. I'll stamping let stamping
0: anybody that. spider monkey all over cesaro yep. and they're gonna look amazing doing it kyle with another hundred bits can hey, someone son. yes Can someone please tell bruce if you do a partners if you do a partners can they get a long story With freaking everyone, it means nothing. Like the trope, but it's a bit much with Zelina's men, Riot Squad, LHP, etc. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean,
1: that's been how they break up tag teams since forever. Is At some point, there's friction in the tag team, and they're just not on the same page right now. It's tale as old as time. I mean, I
0: got excited seeing Metalik and AJ Styles wrestle. Like I would love to see Metalik have a legit singles run, just like they're
1: doing with Big yeah. E right
0: now. And I'll let Kalisto was... and Lindsay Dorado go off and do their thing for a little bit.
1: I, I'm ready for Lucha House Party to break up. They don't yeah. have enough tag teams for them to do that, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the Lucha House Party gimmick. I'm a fan of all of the talents, but just the Lucha House Party gimmick does nothing for me. A um, couple more quick things here. Bailey and Sasha were in the in the ring getting interviewed by Corey Graves. He asked them if they were breaking up. They said, no, to speak to your point, Kyle. Right. (laughs) Best friends, but they're not on the same page. And uh, who should come out to interrupt but Naomi? Apparently, WWE's giving Naomi a chance. They gave her a chance at a beat the clock challenge suggested by Corey Graves, which both Sasha and Baylor were not a fan of. And whoever. I guess commentary
0: can book matches and and uh, stakes now. (laughs) Stipulations.
1: Yeah. Let's throw a (laughs) stipulation on this. Why not? Uh, So. We get a beat-the-clock challenge with the winner going second against Asuka on Sunday. Uh, Both Bailey and Sasha seemed a little bit snippy at each other about this particular thing, but it became a nice little bit of friendly competition until it wasn't. Sasha Banks goes in first, taps out Naomi in three minutes and 39 seconds, uh, which is, I was like, okay. Um, And immediately I, I was like, wow, so if Bailey beats her in less time than that, that's going to really make everyone on the internet insane. But that wasn't what happened. And after about a minute and 40 seconds, Naomi gives a rear view to Bailey and pins her one, two, three, your SmackDown champion beaten by a butt in a minute 40. Uh, all right. And it looks like Sasha Banks is going second on Sunday, on Sunday, which plays right into my booking. That's fine. But, okay, Naomi got a win, so she made it look good. But she also tapped out to Sasha in three minutes, 40 seconds. Um, ah, I, I, I can't tell if WWE's trolling their fans with Naomi or if they're genuine, genuinely like, look, see, we're doing what you want. And if this is their way of doing that, um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it was a good spot for her because at the end she did get to stand tall. Um, but hmm, on the other side, Bailey loses a lot. She loses a lot, Nick.
0: She's gonna. Mm, okay, I'm saving it. Okay, okay all right, all right we'll say, Okay,
1: We're, let's not comment on this and where this is going until we do our pickups which we have to do right after we talk about Mandy, who uh, in an interview says she wants to mend fences with Sonia Deville, but Daddy Sonia, uh, not feeling it, she was met backstage by Dana Brooke, who said, "Hey, I'm really sorry for all the stuff that happened to you this week," and Sonia's response to that was to slap the absolute crap out of Dana Brooke. She slapped her so hard, my mom. What the heck?
0: Say to the face.
1: Oh, my goodness. Slap! Dana Brooke got slapped so hard, so hard by Sonia Deville. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm still hurting. I'm still shook. Yeah. Uh, but then Sonya came out to, uh, to cut a promo at the top of the ramp. Absol- I, maybe one of the best promos she's ever cut. It was just absolute hot fire and uh, called out Mandy saying, you know what, you want to you wanna mend fences? Well, that just means you're not taking me seriously enough. You want to go back on our hair versus hair match? I don't care if I'm bald. But guess I guess that you do. So guess what, when we're going to make this even more intense. Screw hair versus hair. This is going to be a no-DQ, loser-leaves-WWE match on Sunday. So we've Damn gone from Sonia? hair match
0: to career match.
1: Yeah. we This got serious real quick. Yep. This shit has Escalation. Um, so let's, uh, first of all, damn, Sonia was absolutely amazing here. Uh, I, I can't say enough good about her. Why do you think it just became a career match?
0: If, if, if I, if what I'm reading is true and what I'm hearing, the pulse of the internets and the wrestling community, other, oh our, our, fellow wrestling journalists oh out there, it's that Sonia might want to take a, a, a bit of time off after the events that happened this week to her personally. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I actually watched the security footage. They had the uh, it uh, the records were released and they showed the security footage of the guy breaking into her house, like her at the door, and then just going and running out of the room and the guy just kinda of, like coming in after like a horror movie. Like it's I can't even imagine how traumatic that must have been. And you want to get shot? Right-
0: That's how you get shot. <laughs> <laughs> if you
1: come to South Carolina. Yeah. Um, North Carolina.
0: We we it's not South. Sorry, with, come, with condolences come,
1: to Marshall. If you come to the Carolinas, <laughs> yes, that's how you get shot. Yeah. You walk into, you cut someone's screen door and walk into their house yeah. with a knife. If that's the dog don't get, get you shot. first, Daddy yeah, Shotgun that's right. will. <laughs> that's right. That's right, Dog Ziegler, who's a good burger burglar killer.
2: Yeah,
1: and burger killer for that matter. But cool. uh, all right, so Sonia, very likely traumatized by this. Uh, props to her for for showing up on this show here and then wanting to continue to do the match. If that is the case, which, I mean, I can't imagine why it wouldn't be the case. It wouldn't be related to the trial. That's not going to happen for at least a year or two, especially with everything that's going on right now. Everything's going to be slow. So, yeah, I I would imagine. Um, And also, you know, it's it's a big, as someone who's had long hair and then gotten a really short cut afterwards, it's very emotional to cut off your hair. It's a big deal. You can watch any, like you know, Natalie Portman shaving her head for In V for Vendetta. That was like they filmed her really getting it done, Um, and her breakdown was real. Uh, Charlize Theron cutting off her hair for Mad Max. Like any, uh, uh, Demi Moore for G.I. Jane. Anytime that you have, uh, you Lenny Kravitz when he cut off his dreads, he talked about what an enormous emotional moment he had when they were gone. He stood up and just kind of like felt his head. I I can imagine that that also would be a factor. It's like, look, can we just not do the whole hair, hair angle right now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm good yeah. on the emotional stuff. So um, with all that in mind, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the outcome is going to be the same um, and we'll get let Sonya go away for a little bit. I actually would be intrigued if they had her come back as a face, Nick, because I think that she is so good on, on, on such fire and people are starting to get so behind her. It feels a little bit like the opposite of Becky Lynch. Mm. where there's such a groundswell underneath her right now. She's such a legit-feeling badass. She can cut an absolute fire promo. Um, and people are starting to rally behind her for real-life events. If they have her come back as a sort of a nominal face and send her on the Becky Lynch path, I could see her being absolutely huge. It's just, will, will Vince get behind someone without blonde hair? I guess that's the question. Good point. Someone else no, without blonde hair. Yeah. They didn't want to get behind Becky until she forced them to. Yeah. So, Well, that is SmackDown, Nick. Um, quite a lot and a lot that we could have talked about, but we don't have time because we've got a, we got SummerSlam coming up tomorrow and that means we need to give our SummerSlam Pick'ems.
0: Well, we are speculating that at the top of the show, we're going to have a pre-show match. I should say not top of the show, pre-show match between King Corbin and... And Matt Riddle, based on the or, events that took place outside the ring uh, last yeah, night. Or
1: Matt, Matt Riddle and Gable. Yeah, or, you could
0: have Gable in there.
1: Yeah. yeah, there's a number of possibilities for the pre show. We're just kind of throwing it out there. Um, we don't know. So let's not even do the pickums on that. We have no idea what the heck the pre show is going to be. They're not going to tell us until yeah. tomorrow morning, probably. Are we
0: counting that as part of the patron pickums? Absolutely not.
1: Okay. Only confirmed matches for the patron pickums. So let's Got actually it. do the patron pickums matches. So Apollo Crews versus MVP for the U.S. Championship. Who do you see winning this match next? Uh,
0: it's got to be Apollo because I, I just don't buy MVP beating Apollo at this point. Um, sure, you could introduce Lashley and Sh- Shelton Benjamin,
2: Benjamin
0: into some of the you know outside shenaniganry that could. Come. Sure, you could probably. Do, but I, I'm going to pick Apollo Cruz
1: to retain here. Mm. I'm looking down the card here and wondering how many of these we're not going to see coming because there's something we're not going to see coming according to WWE and that's I think a promise they will deliver on there's going to be something big and shocking that happens like Roman Reigns returns as the leader of retribution Mm. Mm.
0: Um, (laughs) oh you just got my blood up yeah (laughs) <laughs> there's a little bit of rumor milling going around. Uh, I think it was started in our Facebook group about Corey Graves, potentially stepping. Yeah, up
1: as the I, and I was joking about that too. I yeah. joked about that online with, I actually even tweeted at him, uh, that I thought it was him, but uh, he, I, 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 I think that having Roman Reigns as the leader of retribution would be sick.
2: Yeah.
1: It would instantly legitimize them. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. uh, but that being said, what we have to expect that we won't expect on Sunday, no idea. I think Apollo wins here, too. I don't think this is the big surprise match. No. That being said, if MVP, MVP does come away with it, it would be, I think, it would it would lend more to what he's saying on, on Raw, um, and I think it would empower the Hurt business again, which they need.
0: I agree, but I don't think it should be MVP.
1: I I agree. And they might have Apollo versus Lashley at payback, and that's where he drops it. Now so, you're with me. Okay. Mandy Rose versus Sonia DeVille in what was a hair match, but is now a loser leaves WWE match. Um no they they haven't said if it's also a hair match as well. They haven't and really defined not, it so
0: I don't believe it is.
1: I don't believe it is either, but we still may see someone get their head shaved as no DQ.
0: Sure.
1: I don't know. Um Mandy Mandy wins. Mandy wins. Yeah, I, Sony, Sony's taking time off. Yep. And whether uh, it's hair or career, Mandy wins. Agree. I, I, like I said, I think the, uh, the outcome is the same. Seth Rollins versus Dominic Mysterio in a street fight. Who wins here, uh, Sin Cara or Seth Rollins?
0: God, I've watched so many uh, speculations on this, and I've listened to everybody's thoughts on this. And so it's 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 a mixed bag. I'm picking Do- Dominic Mysterio, okay, and, and I say that full well knowing that I'm saying that is that knowing that that is Seth Rollins on the other side of the ring. But I think the fact that it's a street fight, I think the fact that you're gonna have some weapons, you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have Ray, you're gonna have Murphy. Like there's so many elements to a street fight that take away a lot of the favor of any given you know, person. Right. So I, the story doesn't make sense. If Dominic doesn't get one back for dad here. And and I think
1: Seth can and take yet, this. And yet that was also how they ended his story with Brock Lesnar. Sure. Where Brock ended up putting them both down. And that was the end of that story. Sure. And uh, Seth has said that Austin theory could be coming back at any time. So I'm taking Seth here.
0: All right.
1: Street profits versus Gar. I'm not going to say any more than that. Cause I got other thoughts, but I, I'm going to keep them to myself because, uh, yeah, it's... Does he come out in you're the not gonna Prince see outfit? You're not going to see No, he Prince not. Prince Mysterio. He comes out, I think he's going to come out in a getup that is reminiscent of his father's, but I don't believe... It might... Mm, he said he's not going to be known as Prince Mysterio, so I have a feeling... Actually, you know, it's, it's a street fight, too, so maybe he won't come out in full lucha garb.
0: No, I think Hit he mark. comes out in his regular um, yeah. uh, jeans and sneakers kind of thing. But I would not be surprised after he does if he goes over uh, Seth, if him and Ray have a moment in the ring where he sort of hands him his first mask.
1: I, I actually wonder if he loses, but he has to go become Prince Mysterio to win.
0: You know, that's even better. Actually, I like that idea even better. Now yep. that I'm thinking about it.
1: Well, that was part it of the becomes reason a think- payback thing. Part, hey, of I'm, I'm, part of the reasons why I'm I'm part of the why I'll stick set. with
0: Dominic to go over set though here
1: Street, in Street Profits Boy. versus Garza and Andrade for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Do Garza and Andrade finally figure their ish out, or do the Street Profits retain here after the whole stupid poisoning angle?
0: God, it does. I want to put it on Andrade and Garza, but they don't have their stuff together. Mm-mm. Street Profits retain. It's not. It's not time yet.
1: It's funny, up until this whole poisoning angle, I would have said Garza and Andrade. And it just was so stupid Yep, that I I cannot see them beating the Prophets after all that. Yep. Um, like, it's... Why would you poison someone so far in front of the match that they could still work the match? It makes no goddamn sense. It's the dumbest damn thing ever. Yep. Um, that being said... I really want it to be on Garza and Andrade, like it. I don't. Who's going to take it off of the profits if not for them? It's Viking Raiders, only the tag team they have. What are they going to do? More, more dumb bowling angles? Mm, hold on to it for the draft, you know. Yeah, maybe draft is coming up September, in October. Right? October, September, October. Yeah, very pretty. It's going to come up soon. So, mm, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm going to stay with Street Profits. Yeah, I'll I'll go
1: with Garza and Andrade. They've done a good job
0: carrying it. They always wear red. The titles are red. They look good with the titles. There's yeah. there's other elements to this as well. Would would Andrade? Is would it be good to have a sort of heel faction, heel tag team, uh, with the tag titles right now? I'm, I'm not well. Sure. You got
1: it on SmackDown. Heels have it on SmackDown. Right, exactly. I just so. need I need some titles to change hands on the show. So yeah. I'm going to take Garza and Andrade. Oh, uh, we'll get there. Not, I ain't going to put a whole lot of uh, points on it, but. Bailey versus Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship. She will be going first uh, between her and Sasha. Who is picking up this one? Asuka. Okay. And, Bailey uh, is
0: finally defeated.
1: All right. And then Sasha Banks versus Asuka. Who's winning this one? Asuka. Asuka. So you think Asuka two belts at the end of the show?
0: Yeah. We're on this uh, between Becky two belts and two belts Banks and
1: Dose belts Bailey. Let's see. Look. Why I think, not have Oscar two two belts? I think um, it's very possible Oscar could run the. I mean, Bailey just seems to be losing a lot. Yeah, which is why I think she's winning here. I think she beats Oscar, and then they're all happy go lucky going into Oscar versus uh, Sasha, and they over they, they overestimate their chances and they underestimate Oscar, and Oscar ends up beating Sasha, and getting the Raw Championship, which is the brand she's on. So then that becomes elegant. They can just have uh, Bailey and uh, and Sasha go back. Well, I guess they could still be on both brands. But. I
0: like that one, but I like the inverse better. I like Bailey falling at the top of the show because of this, and then and Sasha then, getting it back. and then Bailey not not being willing to help or something, or just uh-huh. walks the, out the, the, on her, kind of like she did last wedge, night. The the wedge, and, the, and, and it there. just really kicks things mm. off. So Sasha retains her Raw Championship because she's fighting a beaten down Asuka, right? Yeah, or sorry, yeah. So Bailey ends up coming out of uh, it. She's also shown to be the one that's a little bit more bratty and a little bit more petulant. So I could totally see Bailey losing hers to Asuka, but Sasha retaining hers and Bailey being like bent out of shape and jealous about it. Uh, and it just that driving that wedge even.
1: Further. There's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, take, I'm, gonna, I'm
0: gonna. I think it's even more fun if you have Oscar win both. That's why okay. I'm so that.
1: you have Oscar two belts at the end of this. I'm yeah. saying um, Bailey wins, Sasha loses, Oscar at least gets one belt coming out of this show. Braun Strowman versus the Fiend, Universal Championship match in a falls count anywhere stipulation.
0: Oh, where did that come from? That I oh.
1: that has been announced by WWE. Uh, it is a falls count anywhere stipulation. Yeah. Well, that that raises and, the stakes a little put bit. Put that in your pipe and smoke uh, it.
0: While I'm thinking about that, Jacob gifted a tier one sub to Joker J. Nice. Thank you very much, thank Jacob. And uh, Joker J, make sure you thank uh Jacob in case I missed that. Thank you very much, sir. All right. Um I, I, it it has to be the fiend. I'm picking the fiend. Uh, you this is like how do you all of this build up? Braun has killed Funhouse Bray and it has awakened the fiend. I, I, I'm picking the fiend. This is this resets the clock also back on pre-Goldberg a year ago almost. So it's it's kind of right back where we were after Hell in a Cell last year, before we got to Saudi Arabia.
1: The fact that payback is next week messes with my brain. Yeah. That's what is just really throwing me off about everything. Like I feel that like this show would be a lot more straightforward if I didn't have another pay-per-view next damn week, and if it wasn't called payback. Bray could win, and then Braun could beat him next week, and I don't think people would complain as much about bobbling the titles because of the storyline that they've established. Like, Bray could get one over on Braun by having Alexa pop out, and it it surprises Braun, and Braun loses. And then next week, Braun could man back up and and win the title back.
0: I think or, there's a reason Alexa Bliss was not on the, the TV reverse. show last night and yes. we're gonna see her tomorrow night. Agreed. And that's, gonna, and I, that's gonna cause Braun trouble and yeah. Fiend takes it off him.
1: Or vice versa, uh you know, Braun could win tomorrow and then lose to the fiend at payback. I don't see the fiend getting beaten twice. I could see Braun beating the fiend though. I really could. The way that they've built it up, they've established like in his little storyline, in his little world. They've established that Brawn Bray is kind of scared of Braun. Yeah, like he's not sure how strong Braun is. You know, Braun went to the hyperbolic time chamber and came back out a different creature. Right. So it's his power levels through the roof. Yeah, it's over nine thousand. It's over nine thousand. Yeah. So I I don't. This one is there's a lot of matches here that are really kind of throwing me, where they really could go either way, and it depends on where they want to go. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say Braun wins. I'm gonna say Braun wins here. The Falls Can Anywhere stipulation, I think also, uh, Braun Braun retains the championship. I'll put it that way, right? Like the Swamp Match, where it's who knows what it is. I'm gonna say Braun retains. The I'm betting
0: on Alexa Bliss showing up and and somehow messing with Braun so that the Agreed. Fiend gets one over on him. That's what Agreed. I'm betting on.
1: Or Alexa could mess with the Fiend. She did kind of caress his face at one point.
0: What a mind job.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to take Braun. We got to go. Uh, I'm going to take Braun. And finally, Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. Are they going to strap Randy Orton?
0: Yes, Randy Orton will get his 14th. Uh,
1: I'm going to say Drew wins because the thing that I think you'll never see coming is Edge getting his revenge on Randy Orton or beginning to. Because that was whole, Edge's whole thing, right? Wasn't that his line? Randy, you'll never see me coming. Yeah.
0: There you go. Yeah. Wasn't that also the, the the Mandarin in Iron Man 3?
1: You'll never, never see, see me, me coming. God, that was a terrible movie. All right, awful. so, Nick, those are our pickups for SummerSlam. My goodness, we end up having a, a big full show, even despite not having to talk about AEW. Imagine if Thank we goodness. did. Good Lord. Good God, we'd be here all day. We'd miss TakeOver.
0: Well, thank you very much, Sirian Dangerous. There's our unofficial picks, guys. We will have Ooh. our official picks and confident be- confidence bets in with all of you patrons tomorrow for the Patron Pick'em's cha- Challenge, uh, where Robbie RB will be defending his uh, championship for the first time since WrestleMania. Uh, but we're not done just yet, guys. We're going to head over and do what we like to call our moment of positivity. <laughs>
1: Mop 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 mop. That's right. The mop, the moment of positivity that time in the show. We look back over everything that happened over the last few days and find something that made us happy, that made us smile, something that we can go back out into the world with a sense of positivity. Cause you don't want to go out with negativity. You don't want to go out there thinking of all the things that made you angry. You want to think about the things that made you smile, that made you happy, that made you happy that you were a wrestling fan. And that's what this part of the show is for. So, Nick, what was your moment of positivity for this show?
0: You know, the, as quickly as I can, there's not been a lot to be hopeful for over the last six months. Mm. It, it's been a rough six months globally, uh, around the world. Uh, here in the United States, and here in the wrestling community, th- th- we've been in we've been in. It's been hard times. That hard times. Mm. Uh, I will say that my moment of positivity is the feeling that I felt last night in the opening of SmackDown. Uh, And just the the big pull-away panning shots of (laughs) Dome and the the LED lights and the giant Tron and the pyro and everything, because for the first time as a wrestling fan in a really, really long time, I felt hope that we could get back to normal and that things are going to be okay, wrestling's going to be okay never count out WWE never count out Vince McMahon they will come up with something and by God they pulled something off I can't wait to see what SummerSlam looks like tomorrow night if that was a teaser taste test of right what what we were what we saw last night I'm 5050 on the fan LED board things but the set itself fantastic
1: that was mine. Agree. I agree it is fantastic I, I wish I I couldn't go all the way there I had some reservations. Um, like I like what I said in the show I don't want to bring that back up here it's a moment of positivity damn it but I definitely know what you mean I de- before the show the anticipation for me of like seeing what they had in store was uh, you know to WWE's credit like that's what they bring they bring that like I know I'm going to see something I've never seen before the spectacle the spectacular and that's yeah. what it was it was spectacular yeah so uh, my moment of positivity I'm torn because we had two absolutely lights out promo that made me just giggle and go hee 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 in my seat, and that's Sonia Deville and Pat McAfee. The two of them absolutely just taking that ball out over the fence into the bay uh, was spectacular. You can tell I'm a fan of Giant Stadium. Uh, that was both of them just absolutely lights out, gave me chills, gave me the tingles, gave me the, the goosies, the hair thin right up on end on my arms. Both of them absolutely nailing their promos, making me excited for their individual matches. And frankly, Nick, we've got two damn good cards this weekend. NXT and SummerSlam both look like really interesting, good cards with some good matches. And we're going to have some interesting outcomes. And frankly, I think the Patrons Pick'em's Challenge is going to be a freaking bloodbath. And I think you and I are going to be sending out a whole bunch of I Beat the Host swag (laughs) because man, you get one match wrong tomorrow and it's going to be messy. Yeah. And man, some of these matches, as we said, are straight coin flips. You could go either way. That's very exciting. I'm, I'm terrified. Introduce confidence
0: bets into that uncertainty. And <laughs> it's it's pff, it's whatever. Yeah, couple of quick that. things real quick.
1: Uh, I'm not con- everything gets a one. Fans
0: no or listeners are in the chat going t- two things. One, what about Otis in the briefcase? Two... What if we don't? What if we don't see coming? What if that is Brock Lesnar?
1: Brock Lesnar returning and Roman Reigns returning have been rumored. Um, Brock coming back and getting involved, I think, would throw a gigantic pail of cold water over everyone's Sunday. Yep. Um, so I really hope that's not what the thing we don't see coming is. Yeah. Um, because I'm seeing it coming, and I don't want it.
0: Kyle with 100 bits uh, said Takeover main event hype is my mop. I think I replayed that video package of Cross oh, 50 God. times yes. since Wednesday. Oh. I feel like a kid over it with excitement. I agree. Yes. I've watched damn. it oh. at least 3 times
1: fully. God damn they built that match yeah. well. Even though even the little like thing where I was like, "Eh, the fireball's a little goofy." I don't care. The whole thing was so good. Yeah, it could have <laughs> <it could've laughs> been Adam Cole, you know. I don't know. It was it could have been. Thank God it wasn't. Right. Thank God it wasn't. It's a mad 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 oh. mad mad weekend, Nick. This yes. is just the beginning. We got to get going cuz we have a mailbag episode to do right after this and we have a crap ton of questions to get through yeah. and all of that before takeover you so guys we got to go Holy uh, crap. Make sure,
0: if you're watching right now, hang tight here on the stream. We're going to put up the pause banner. We're going to take a 10-minute bio break, and we're going to come right yep. back and do the patron mailbag. So same stream. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Um, but, guys, thank you so much for hanging out today. We hope you like your pit, our picks. Patrons, it's time to pick. Uh, we'll be putting up the sheet right after we get done with the patron mailbag, so stay tuned for that. Keep your eye on your Patreon notifications uh, for that to go up, because I'll be putting the sheet up over there first. Yes. Um, follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO podcast. You definitely want to be in our discord. You can get a link to it by putting exclamation discord right here in the chat, uh, or you can find it in the panels down below underneath right here on Twitch where you're watching. Uh, what, let's see what else uh, Facebook you can get into the discussion group like our page BWOPodcast.com has all of these links and much more over there and uh, patrons you still got time Ooh. if you want to get in on the patron pickups challenge tonight you got a little bit of time left all you got to be in is the five dollar tier so head over to patreon.com slash BWO get signed up so you get access to the sheet when we put become, it up a little bit become
1: later patron yes uh,
0: and patrons heads up you'll have until 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow about Help an hour us. before the pre-show before we, uh before we lock things down, so be ready. You'll still have Help about Help us do what hours, we but...
1: do and have fun in the process. Yes.
0: That's that's absolutely. Uh, but my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at
1: Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, somebody stop the damn match!